Buckle up everyone and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, a show where three rugby league tragics talk everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. I'm Shana. And I'm the chameleon. I'm a little less chameleonish today because uh, yesterday I had a tooth extracted. So I'm not quite the man I was oh, 24 hours ago. <laughs> Maybe he's turning into a South fan as, one tooth at a time. I think so. That's a, yeah, as, a chameleon, a process. as a chameleon, do you grow it back? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. It's a bit oh. hard to, to, to eat on one side when, you, when you're missing a big tooth like that. Oh, that's uh, the, the, the dentist, I've got this wisdom tooth and I don't have a lot of wisdom, but he says in about 18 months, it's going to fill the gap. So um, I'm counting go. it down now. Oh, Very good. Good to see. Uh, welcome aboard and on with the show. Yes, it's Wednesday, and you know what that means? Another episode of Carpool Rugby League. All right, fellas, well, uh, we're heading into round nine. We're really starting to get into that middle part of the season, and, um, yeah, there's plenty going on in rugby league, isn't there? Yeah. Oh, look, is there what? And what a week we've just had. Um, probably highlighted uh, probably highlighted by the fact that um, Brett Morris would have now officially retired from the game with his season ending injury and therefore career ending injury. Um, mm. Very, very good career. Not the way a guy like him probably should go out. He, he's been absolutely outstanding uh, as a footballer for whether it's the clubs he's played for New South Wales. Um, yeah. It's, it, it's a sad thing to say when you saw, I thought what was a good look for rugby league and, and, and for them as brothers was, was at in the sheds the other night where definitely distraught and being consoled by his brother. I think um, quite often I know when they sort of come back and join together, there's a lot of sort of jokes and, oh, you know, you know can't you play without your brother type thing sort of coming out, but it does show the camaraderie and family um, that they have. And I think that's a good thing for, for, for anyone to watch. You don't just have to be a rugby league fan. So uh, it's sad thing for him uh, and, and for the Roosters who just seem to be getting hit by injuries every second week, but still finding a way to get two points on the board. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, Griffo, as Shane said, it's another player we've seen that's had to retire, um, basically, you know, not go out on their own terms, an injury. Um, you know, what did what did you what were your thoughts when you when you saw the injury to Morris this week? Oh, look, like everyone else, sad. Um, really, um, it was a really emotional thing for for obviously for the guys themselves and they're in the roosters um but i think for any rugby league supporter who's who's watched this guy you know over probably about 15 years or so Mm. in the nrl and while it, it really is uh unfortunate that he goes out this way a couple of years down the track you're going to look back at this guy and he is going to be one of the all-time great wingers. I mean, mm. he has been already, yeah. but he's going to look back. He's going to be able to look back at a career and think, what, what, 
what an outstanding achieve, set of achievements uh, he was able to come up with. You know, he's, he's won a couple of premierships, different clubs. He's played Origin. He's played for Australia, winning World Cups. He's done it all. Um, and he, you know, he went out, obviously, sadly, with that injury. Mm. But still, on top, at the top of his game, at 34 years of age, and not, not too many players make it to 34 years of age. I don't know exactly how many games he played. He's fourth in the all-time record uh, book for, for try scorers. Um, you know, think back, you know, 10, 12 years ago, <clears throat> excuse me, and, you know, the, the Morris brothers would be playing for New South Wales and one of them had always seemed to make a mistake. Oh, Morris, Morris. <laughs> but, you know, we were there. Yeah. We were there. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, but it, it, they they've been outstanding. Yeah, they've gotten yeah. better really yeah. as they've gotten older. Maybe there was a bit of a flat spot there at the Bulldogs when they were both there, you know, at the end of sort of Des Hasler's reign. Um, but then they went to the Roosters. What a comp! And um, and Josh went to the Sharks, but then ended up at the Roosters as well. And and playing football as good as, as as pretty much any time of their career with experience. So obviously, when they came onto the scene and and coming through the uh, the lower grades, they killed it. Um, with the you know at that, that time, obviously that, that physically uh, with that youth and whatnot. But now over the last few years, they've had experience and uh, you know they, they've. They've been absolutely outstanding, uh, yeah. and can look back at, at, a, at an absolutely great career. And yeah. and I, I don't have a brother, um, but t- to imagine that, that this guy who you know you spent nine nine months in the womb with, who they were twins, um, and then and then you still you've had all these years playing rugby league at the absolute yeah. top level for a variety of great clubs, yeah, um, you know, and you're thirty four years of age. It's old for a rugby league guy, but it's still young. I mean, Graham, you'd only be around about that age. Yeah, you, know, you are um, correct. Got, he's got a whole life ahead of yeah, him after yeah, rugby yeah, league, yeah. you know. So, um, I wish him absolutely all the best. Uh, he's been yeah. an ornament to the game as, I, as his brother. Yeah, all I remember the best of them in the whole. Morris I remember family. 2014 where he scored that try for New South Wales, dislocating his shoulder, and you thought, "How's this guy going to come back?" He was on the ground and. And he, there was a tackle in the second half where he held Darius Boyd up. It was a it was a cracker. It was some, yeah. like you know for someone who had you, know, you thought you thought you thought his arm was he'd left his arm back at the twenty the way he was carrying on, and then all of a sudden you know to come back out and hold Darius Boyd up and and yeah he, he was he, I, there was another game I remember him playing for St George and St George was shot to bits. They they they. They didn't even look like winning. Uh, it was a game against South Sydney, and, and he took it, and he single-handedly got them back into it, took it to a golden point where I think he might have even scored the try for a golden point win. Mm. It, it, you know, he could do that. He could do that, turn it on, and like he said, he's got a whole life ahead of him and wish him all the best. Yeah, no, some great memories of a great player and, as we know, a great family in rugby league, so definitely worth mentioning at the top of the show there. Um, but... 
As always, boys, there's plenty of footy that went on last week. And um, what I'll do for everyone at home, I'll make sure that you are up to date with everything that's happened in round eight of the NRL. Uh, starting off on Thursday night, we saw the Rabbitohs, uh, they were down at halftime. They ended up getting the job done down in Canberra, 34 points to 20. Um, the Storm defeated the Sharks, 40 points to 14. The woes continuing for the Cronulla Sharks. Uh, the Broncos in an absolutely phenomenal game. Um, this is one that I think te- uh, fans of both teams won't forget in a hurry. Uh, the Broncos ended up defeating the Titans 36 points to 28 at Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane. Uh, the first game on Saturday saw the Panthers defeat the Sea Eagles out at Carrington Park at Bathurst. The score there was 28-16. The Bulldogs went down to the Parramatta Eels at Stadium Australia 32 points to 10. The Roosters... Uh, defeated the Knights up at Newcastle, 38 points to 4. The Warriors defeated the Cowboys, 24-20, uh, Central Coast Stadium in Gosford. And down at Wynn Stadium in Wollongong, the West Tigers returned to winning form, defeating the St. George Illawarra Dragons, 16 points to 8. So, boys, to give you an idea of how the ladder stands at the end of Round 8 and going into Round 9, which we will talk about in uh, depth tonight... Uh, the Panthers, still undefeated, 8 from 8. They're on 16 points in position number 1. In position 2, we see the Parramatta Eels. They're on 14 points, as two other uh, South Sydney Rabbitohs in third position. The Roosters and Storm occupy positions 4 and 5. They are both on 12 points. Then we have a 4-point gap back to the Dragons, who are in 6th. Uh, they're on 8 points, as two other New Zealand Warriors in 7th position. The Gold Coast Titans just holding on to 8th position. Uh, They're the first team uh, on for and against that are on 6 points currently. Uh, Going through those other teams, in ninth spot we have the Raiders, 10th spot we have the Seagulls, 11th spot we have the Knights, and 12th spot we have the Cowboys. Uh, The Sharks, Tigers, and Broncos take up positions 13, 14, 15. They're all on 4 points. And down in 16th position, we have the Canterbury Bulldogs, who are on two points after just that one win. All right. Well, um, that's keeping us up to date. Just, <coughs> sorry, Greg. Field. I just yeah. want to make a comment on the ladder. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I, I think it's a sad indictment on on the uh, on the competition when you've got a team in the top eight who have won three out of eight games. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I it's just so gonna, yep. how unbalanced yep. that is. I can't recall that in the past. Um, that, yeah, I don't know what percentage that is. It's probably around about 40% of their games, if that. And they're in the top eight? Maybe we only need a top five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this opens up a total debate. We've talked about the top eight before. I feel for myself that, you know, with the top eight in years, even when it's competitive and, and there are teams scrapping for eight, that the last couple of positions are just sort of yeah. making up the numbers. I I mean, I personally think that the top eight is just so they can have more teams, more merchandise, more excitement. One more game to televise. Game. Man. Yeah. I've always been in favour of it, but mm. Half well, the teams I look it. at it now and I in... think, you know, those last six, seven, eight, they're wasting their time. 
Don't well, any, it up. In any other year, I did some homework. In, in sorry, Not in any other year. In most other years, the Storm, who are in uh, fifth place, would have been uh, could it with with their points and for with their win loss ratio with four and against they could be number one. So yep. it shows you that the top end is so competitive. The Bulldogs are four points out of the eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> they got they got hope. Yeah, it just reminds me they're on it. Insane. Reminds that. me of a table I made back at school in year ten. Everything I made in woodwork, nothing, nothing was right. The table couldn't stand up. It was unbalanced. Teacher had to come and fix it for me. (laughs) I think uh, think his name was Mr. Bridge. We need to get Mr. Bridge to come and fix it. Bridge the the gap. Absolutely. There's a massive gap and that ladder is going to fall over. It's all good if you're not eating hot dogs and peas, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Three out of eight and you're in the top eight. Well, this is what... This is, you know, and even Kevy... Uh, alluded to that in the in the Broncos win. He says, we, we win the next few, we're up there. And it's like, up where? And all of a sudden you look at the table and you're like, yeah, you, yeah. you're up where? Yeah, you're up in the eight. That's and, and crazy. That's You've got a couple of teams that are sort of on the slide. It's, it saves the Seagulls bacon, the oh, fact that that lower yeah. eight is so yeah. rubbish. And I think that's what makes this week, uh, round nine, we'll get to it in a moment, what makes it so exciting. We're starting to see games that really matter. I mean, just just to, you know, whet the appetite, we've got games like, uh, you know, the Seagulls versus the Warriors this week. We've got, you know, the, the Raiders are playing the Knights. These are games where the, that middle part where all these teams were, were seeing on six that are just on the edge of the eight. Some of, These are must-win uh, games already early in the season. So there's uh, plenty to yeah, play for this yeah. week. And I'll tell you what, I was also, one other thing when I was looking at the ladder during the week, you got Panthers plus 152, Eels plus 123, Rabbits plus 111, Roosters plus 136, Storm plus 134, the Dragons yeah. plus four, and then the Warriors minus 21. Yeah, and like, everyone else is in the minus. The distance between that, like it, like... You're almost like they've only got to win. Like the distance is so far between these five teams and everyone else. I'll tell you what, though, with the old. The funny thing is, one of them be a great final series. Well, and that's Graham. That's exactly what I was going to say. The funny thing is, one of these teams is going to be in sudden death football. Yeah, yeah, it's really a fight. Crazy, yeah. Top four means a lot this year in the sense that the team that um that can't hold on to that top four spot and comes fifth. They're, they're going to have that harder road through. So plenty to play for, plenty to look at. And we've even got some um, some big games coming up this week. But before we get into this week's games, we might go to Shano and uh, see what Shano's got for Shano's tidbits. All right, mate, what's going on this week? Oh, sorry, I was just playing a harmonica. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I let a bit of lyrics in sorry, there mate. for you too. Sorry, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. Um, guys, have you ever done something and thought, yeah, we didn't do that right. We better do it again. Oh, this podcast last know, weeks? Because <laughs> our performance wasn't that great. Probably didn't do any do it justice. 
Well, welcome to the world of the West Tigers, who yet again okay, <laughs> they're going to um, they're going to honor uh, Tommy Rodonikus again, which I'm glad because Tommy Rodonikus is a legend. If there's one person you can uh, remember, uh, give a tribute to twice, it's definitely Tommy. They're going to do something their first time at Campbelltown. Uh, by naming the stand after him, which I think is a nice touch. Oh, that's that, that is a nice yeah, touch. I, I thought it was a touch. This. I thought yeah. it was a touch they could have done at Leichhardt, but you know, the, goes to show how much Tigers fans really help out there. Uh, that's Balmain Tigers fans, by the way. Um, so they're going to honour the Magpies legend yet again in Saturday's clash against the Gold Coast Titans. Um, it'll be the first time they've played it at, at, at I suppose, what we would call. Um, it's funny, the, the news keeps calling it their ancestral home. Lidcombe Oval is their yeah. ancestral yeah. home. Campbelltown's just where yeah. they played out of the back end of their... As the, yeah, yeah, they went there. Tenure for one of a better word. Yeah, they, so, they went there sort of mid-80s. Yeah, right. yeah. So Mid to late 80s because so I, I was actually, I was a Magpie supporter at that yeah. time. Um, yeah. Through my childhood. So I know definitely he would have, he would have coached while they played there. They did coach definitely. while they were there. Played yeah, there 90s, most definitely. Yeah. So, but he certainly didn't play there. That, that was long so, after yeah, his so, so finished. Anyway, um, they've, uh, so the Tigers uh, will be honouring him there. They'll also have, um, they'll also uh, have a stage set up where the four jerseys that he wore throughout his career, the, the Magpies, Jets, um, that's Newtown Jets for new listeners. Uh, new South Wales and Australia jerseys will be on display. So, so hopefully um, they can play a bit better than what they did last time. So they're doing it again. Hopefully they can get out there and play well because Tommy deserved yeah. it. And the last time oh, they absolutely. played for Tommy, it yeah. was rubbish. It was yeah, they're yeah. to lose now, though. Aren't it they? was, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> the guy was nine. The guy's nine feet under me. He's crawled down to twelve after that. He did not want to you know, roll. No, I've heard of people saying, you know, you roll. But you know what? The funniest thing was. It's not funny. You shouldn't laugh. But when on one of the radio stations, and I've got to find it. I can't find it. I reckon they've. I reckon they've just wiped it from the record. They said he would be rolling over in his grave, and I went, "That's a bit rough." He's, 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 he just got there. He yeah. just got there. He's rolling over already. Um, oh, so, yeah, so that's – they're going to do it again, which is good because, like we said, Tommy's an absolute legend. I know last time we were talking about it, um, he's the type of guy you can get a bit emotional talking about because he's, he's, he's phenomenal and I hope they do him justice this time. Um, it's official. There's going to be some sort of expansion into, uh, into Brisbane with um, all three – with three bids being put before uh, the NRL or the ARL Commission, sorry. That is the bids of the Brisbane Firehawks, Dolphins and Jets. So um, basically um, they've put out they've put out uh, submissions and, and they've got theirs. So it looks like uh, Brisbane will get one of those sides, which makes perfect sense, really. So um, that's good to see because it means that there's some sort of expansion and things moving forward. There's a guy that hasn't been uh, too happy in the last couple of weeks and has voiced his opinion on it, as he always does, um, quite extensively. It is uh, Ricky Stewart. Now, uh, I've got some inside mail 
for some people I know that basically said that Ricky Stewart, depending on this week's game, they're going to call a meeting with Ricky next week to basically discuss what's going on at the club. What can they do? It, look, his job is, is safe from what we understand. They basically want to know what's uh, what's going on regarding uh, the Raiders' performance, what's going on regarding players. Um, look, if it, I don't know if, um, if you guys heard this. I know it's been making the rounds definitely down in Canberra over the last week where um, it looks like uh, Josh Hodgson is fairly uh, disgruntled. Um, the Raiders are not going to release him. Um, the Bulldogs put a fair effort and a fair bid into his management, and the Raiders have said, no, we're not letting him go. Um, he's fairly, from what we understand, he's fairly disgruntled, um, stood down from the captaincy. Yeah. So so that's, that's, some, that's a watch this space at the moment. Once players, once players like that start to 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 think I'm a one out, well, that's that's quite interesting. So he's definitely going to be staying there for the foreseeable future. But um, it's a watch this space, and considering that this week um, or next week after the game, real before the board. Uh, to explain what they can do to get the Raiders back in the wing circle and, and they're part of that bottom group of teams. Just ask Mrs. Darpany. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, easy, really. That yes. was embarrassing for, for yes. poor old Joe Darpany. Yes. Well, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Broncos um, have re-signed... Um, Katoni Stags on a $2.8 million uh, deal that's uh, basically um, basically stopped the whole people poaching him. They, they, they see he's part of their future. So they've gone for $2.8 million. That's really interesting with, with reports that Adam Reynolds might be going up there. If they do snag Adam Reynolds, I'm not saying they will or won't, but to put it in perspective, um, that's a lot of cap for two players. Um, it would be somewhere in the order, top math off the top of my head, it would be over $5 million for those two players. So not, not per year, of course, but, but that's, a, that's, a chunk of, that's a chunk of money. And a chunk of the cap for a team that Just on is that sort of struggling or... in a bit. Sorry to interrupt. But yeah, no, no, no. I think Adam Reynolds is worth it. Yeah, yep, yeah, a hundred percent, hundred percent. I, I, I don't question what he's worth. I, I question. He's getting Chad Townsend it. money. Yes, <laughs> that's well. when you know you've made it. <laughs> that's a lot <laughs> of hair gel. <laughs> yeah, well, when you spend, that's what I was going to say. When you spend, when you spend one point two million dollars of your cap at the at the, at the hair salon, yeah, you, know, you need you need something. Yeah, sponsored by Just Cuts <laughs> and, the rest, and the rest of it. And the rest of it, talking to someone as to how you can improve your game. Um, so, <laughs> he can kick a goal. No, he can't even do that. He did last week. He kicked one he from did, the sideline. He did got one last week. Yes. Yes, it's about time, uh, as they're saying. Um, I lost my train of thought there. Sorry, I was thinking of something funny to say. And I just chose not to say it because it's probably the wrong time frame to say it. Um wait for our 18 and Nova's show. Uh, Lomax origin pushes all but over. He needs surgery. Um, 
it's funny that they talk about Zach um, Lomax's origin push. Whether you think he had an origin push there, that's um, that's it's up to it's up to debate. Um, and I think I'll I think I'll end with this. Um, we've seen a lot of six agains come out uh, recently, where teams seem to get repetitive six agains. Um, like with penalties, we saw a couple of years ago and last year, and uh, they're looking. The NRL are basically going to say if you're going to be a repeat offender for six against, uh, you will be binned. So I think Good. usually, usually yeah, when the NRL say that, you're going to see it. So I, I can, I can guarantee this year, uh, this year, this week. Sorry, I think we're going to see probably someone get binned for a team's a team's repeated performance on six mm. against. Um, Interestingly, in the South game last week, I thought I thought it was going to happen. Um, with with I think I think they got to six or seven repeat sets, and there were three very quick in a row. And I thought I thought it was going to happen, but but it didn't. So um, yeah, so uh, we'll finish that. I just show those tidbits yeah. there. Yeah, because yeah, it's interesting. You know what these six agains have done, apart from speed up the game. They've improved the completion rates. Yeah. yeah. Because uh, when in, you, especially yes. when you get one on the first half. Oh, there's a, com- there's a completion. Yeah. There's a completion. There's a completion. So I think those I think those completion rates, you know, we, if you've got something in the in the seventies, seventy percent wise, then you're not completing real well. If you've no. had a few six again calls on the second That's right. tackle yeah. first tackle. The the um interesting thing is is as as you may or may not know, the six again rule isn't part of international rules. Um, Correct. And I know the the English Premier League are looking well into it. Just on that, uh, Greg Inglis made his debut the other day. Warrington Wolves scored a try. Yeah. Very good in the centres. Yeah. So um, yeah, they're looking. So I think with the World Cup coming up, they're they're making a fairly decent push to to consider six again as being part of the international rules because it's going to be interesting that you've played with six again rules in the NRL and then all of a sudden go to a World Cup where it doesn't exist. I think that mm. I think it's fair to say that the NRL leads the world in, in, in the calibre of rugby league. So if it's got a six again rule, it probably should be an international one. So is yeah. it going to be in the NARL Shane? Have you got you got some info? Don't know. Got, don't know. Don't know if the North don't American know. Rugby League are going to adopt don't it know. as well. Uh, don't I know. Think they, they should. should. They should. They, um, They've adopted Tony Williams. That's right. That's right. It's and big, big news. Big news coming out of there. That uh, T Rex has made his way north. Well, at least he's closer right. to where they're Barb from. is trying to get a start as well. Yep. It's, it's a new place to retire. Yeah. The old yeah. dogs. Oh no! I think old dogs. They've put and like, I think we. I think I. I think I mentioned this maybe about five weeks ago in one of the Shano tidbits. They've they've actually pumped the truckload of money into that competition. They they want it to work. Um, I hope it does. They actually see it. They actually see it as some sort of pathway into the NFLs. And and I think rugby's run cold globally, at no, except for in New Zealand. So I think they're just looking for other avenues. And and they've pumped a lot of money into that competition. So. If they can get some good players and get some quality over there, it's, it's yeah. going to be good. Yeah. And it was, it was, I was just going to touch on this because it was interesting. You 
you guys mentioned the six again rule. It's definitely here to stay. It's definitely something that's been positive for the game. Um, there was a press release that I'm not sure you guys saw this afternoon that came from the NRL. Uh, I'll just read it just so the listeners are aware. And a lot of it reiterates what uh, we've heard. But I think it's very interesting that this has been sent out to clubs and officials today. So the, pre- uh, the media release is as follows. The NRL has today reminded match officials, clubs and players of the need to adhere to the rules. From round nine of the NRL Premiership, match officials have been reminded to take minimal tolerance for avoidable contact with the head or neck. Whilst incidental or minor contact will continue to be penalised and potentially placed on report, on-field officials and the NRL bunker have been encouraged to use the sin bin or send-off mechanisms for contact deemed careless or reckless and involving a significant degree of force around the head and neck. The remainder is based on the commission's uh, sorry, the reminder is based on the commission's focus on ensuring player safety uh, as it remains the game's highest priority. Match officials will also take stronger action regarding continuous or deliberate tactical breaches in relation to six again calls for 10 metre and ruck infringements. On-field officials will consider appropriate use of a penalty and sin bin if it's considered necessary under the circumstances to ensure a higher level of compliance, including for repeat infringements or deliberate infringements early in the set. This does not need to be the same player on consecutive occasions. The team receives a general warning and the next player that infringes in the ensuing period will be sin binned. When the six again was introduced, it allowed for penalties and sin binning for repeat offences. Referees will also be more vigilant in identifying players who break from scrums before the call of break by the referee. The NRL will also implement measures to ensure the public can more easily understand the reason for the six again calls. The specific nature of the breach, so either the 10 metre or the ruck infringement, will be communicated via the public address system and big screen graphics. The game is also working with broadcasters to enable this to be displayed during television broadcasts to ensure fans are aware of the decision. The NRL, Fox Sports and Nine are aligned in their desire to give the fans the best possible and most informative viewing experience. The six again bell will continue to ring for infringements. This communication is aimed at ensuring the game remains as safe as possible and as entertaining and free-flowing for NRL fans. So a few things uh, there. Graham, can you just, can you just, can you just, sorry, I, I may have switched off what, halfway. You want me to read the whole thing again? I may have switched off halfway. Sorry about that. But, but correct me <laughs> if I'm wrong. I want to make sure I didn't miss anything. Did the NRL give a press release saying that we're going to get referees to do their job? Just about. And I think... Yeah, okay, okay, cool. I, I thought I missed something. The only new information, this is what I was getting at, and correct me if I'm wrong, Griffo, is the only new information that we have learned here is that they're going to yell out over the loudspeaker and put a thing on the telly to tell us what the six again's for? I think there should be some sort of little dance that they can do, whether it's a 10... <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was thinking that, you know, six again, the other one does something. The other one does something. No, it's not like, six again in the air uh, is for, you know, like. All I can think of is on the Simpsons where Mr. Burns is tapping his belt buckle and doing the dance in the softball. You know what the funny thing is, is you always get one referee who sort of goes a bit rogue. 
And I, I reckon you're going to get one with the six again rule and then the other one doing like swiping away flies for offside. It'll be like yeah. the, uh, you know, with the cricket, how they all have their own way of giving out and six and, you know. Yeah. Henry Paranara should be good at that. Yeah. I think he's he retired. likes the whole closed well, fist. Yeah, try. well, he'll have to do it from the bunker now because yeah, he's well, no longer, you know, on true. the field. Well, but, look, I, I, I don't, I don't, um, I don't have a problem with what, what you've said, Graham, you know. No. Um, teams are abusing it, particularly on the first tackle. It should have um, been done from the day one. Yeah. The, the, there was talking about contact with the head, Graham. I, Maybe I'm the only person who saw this last week, but Tal Malolo came down with his elbow mm-hmm. and Across, made contact yeah. with yeah. Ben Murdoch Silla, who went off, didn't come back on with the HIA. And, and bugger me, nothing happened. Should have been 10 yeah. in the bin. Well, Should have been 10 I in the bin. I don't this think is what, it even came up in the. Nah. Nothing. This is what frustrates me. This is what frustrates me, Griff, is they're talking about contact with the head. The problem is there's still this rule that says that if you contact the head and it gets missed by the referee, the only way it can be a penalty thereafter is if it's a if it's a, a an offence to go on report. Yeah. Now, the guy went. To- the problem is not the hits in the head. The problem is the refs missing the hits in the head. Hmm. And then when you see a blatant one like that, well, where he, he, he should have been pulled, pulled out and gone. Minutes. It should have yeah. been 10 minutes. Oh, for sure. It should have I been mean, 10 to bin, and they, they don't see it. And you know what? We saw it. The best thing I saw was two weeks ago where there was a, a second tackle high shot, and the, and, the, and the team went through, and I think they got to the kick, and then all of a sudden the ref blew time off, went back and gave the penalty and said, I've just been told upstairs. Now, I, there was no 10 in the bin, but at least you saw them do something. It's happened a few like, times, Shane, like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Which I'm glad to see, but you know, if you hit high, you hit high. It's a penalty. Do we just want the right call to be the call that's made? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So we just want more right calls. But, but, but what frustrates me is if you get hit high and the ref miss, misses it and it's not put on report, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But then if you get hit high, you know, like... Yeah, still the high shot is down to whether the ref saw it or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and all bad the, ones get penalised. Well, with all the bunker intervention we have these days, um, you know, and, and and I think from the fans, this this adds to that frustration where nothing happens during the game, and then they hear two days later that someone's going to get because we've had that this year where players have been suspended then, for three weeks Penrith for something game, that hasn't even been a penalty. Yeah, that's right. And in the Penrith game, there was one. Where the high shot was given, I think Matt Burton Matt did the Burton, tackle. I thought, and, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> it, was it, was like, it was a great tackle. I thought, yeah. what happened? And that's yeah, the well, other thing, yeah. You know? There's the fine. flip side. He got a fine for that. For I, a good I didn't tackle. see anything wrong oh. with it. He got, he got fine. Um, like, no um, no suspension, but whatever grade it was, some low grade. I, I, I saw nothing wrong with the tackle, but maybe it was maybe, just the Maybe him and the heels. It obviously injured to Powell. Tapal went yeah. off. I think it was Tapal. Yeah, it um, was. Um, maybe him and maybe him and the eels guy in the cubicle can have a beer together and can talk about how they're being fined <laughs> for doing nothing wrong. Oh, yeah. maybe. Anyway. Um, maybe. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, I, I bet just... you the eels guy. I bet you the eel guy has got a better story. That's yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Look, it, it, it's something to keep your eye on, I suppose, because this week, um, what they're basically saying to us is, 
expect more penalties. And um, so, and look, we well expect more ten in the bins. Too. More sim bins. Penalties more one. Pen, penalties one thing. It's yeah. going to be. It's that that six again repeat infringement. There are teams that are going once it gets to about four nil. I reckon someone's going yeah. in the bin. And and I do not disagree too with them looking closer at the breaking from the scrum, because I think yeah. that's a situation where a lot of a lot of teams are breaking very early from the scrum to shut down the the scrum play, and uh, it's it's been ignored. So I I think that's a good thing if they consistently are going to penalise that the whole key team word, accountable. Grant, consistent. I mean, with, with the six again as well, you see a lot more six agains at yep. at the start of the game than what you do in the second half. I would love when, to when guys yeah. Yeah. guys are laying over the top of people for twice as long as as when they were penalized in early in the game you know like yeah I these penalties just, used to come in these penalties used to come in fourth and fifth tackle yeah. i would love to see a stat on how many fourth and fifth tackle six again there's been and do you know what i has been bugger all they happen yeah. to blow one on tackle one and two and and, and the level is down at 10 meters out they're really reluctant to do the whole there i tell you there was a cup i counted i count i think six on the weekend fourth tackle six against it should have been called and they weren't and you know yeah. what the ref says milking no 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 there yeah, was no yeah, milking yeah. there it was a six it, if it was first tackle you would have put your hand up so i think i think i think to negate that a 10 in the bid might be good help yeah, and I think the um, one thing that might have might have highlighted a little bit of a, I don't know, something didn't add up to. I don't know if you guys saw the um, the Thursday night game last week. I thought it was interesting that the penalty count was eight one for South, but the uh, the six agains were seven nil for Canberra. Yeah, yeah Ricky didn't bring that bit out. up, did he? Yeah, yeah, it was weird. It, that, but, yeah. but I thought, I thought it to be honest. That, yeah, I thought the referee really lost that game in the middle part of that. In the middle part of that game, like like from about twenty to sixty, mm. it was like it was like the Wild West at times. It was like it was like anything was going, then all of a sudden it'd be a penalty. Or, but to be fair to that penalty count, there were two obstructions. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which yeah, which you know, if you're Ricky Stewart, you got one opinion. Um, I know a lot of people have another opinion, but. Uh, and I think uh, Benji Marshall, uh, he 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 definitely showed a bit of experience Don't loiter, there. Do not loiter in the line. If, look, I think what it. I think what the players learned from that game is you run through the line. Loiter. Do not stand yeah. in the line. You'll get penalised. The good sides do it. Penrith, Penrith are great at it. Look, you're a oh, young have players in motion, and you're watching. If you watch rugby league and you want to know what's the difference. Watch when Penrith run a block play yep. to the dead ball line. They don't care. Yep. They don't loiter. They don't loiter and retreat back through the line. Don't retreat back through the line. The penalty yep. every day of the week. Yep. Well, there's plenty there going on, and um, well, it's it's time for Griffo's grab. So um, yeah, we'll see what Griffo's got for us this week. Griff, what grabs your eye this week, mate? Well, a lot of things, uh, but the one I've the one I've settled on, uh, 
I, I was watching this game. Uh, it was on a screen, and I, I was sort of, you know, it was a band playing. I've got one eye on the screen, and I've got one eye sort of on the uh, the dance floor. Um, but it was in the the Roosters uh, were up against the team from Newcastle, who were dreadful. Um, but I got. Uh, it wasn't till I, I sort of looked at the stats and, and heard a bit more about the stats that that I decided on uh, this guy for this week who's grabbed my eye. He grabbed my eye, but but when I looked at uh, in a bit more detail, this is a guy who's 18 years of age um, who is absolutely tearing it apart for the Roosters uh, in their hour of need. That's Sam Walker. Yeah. Um, awesome. Performance that involved one line break, two line break assists, four try assists, one try and five conversions. Um, there's a lot of hype about this guy, and the Roosters are holding him back, holding him back. And then Kiri went down, and you know everyone's saying, "Oh, Roosters can't win without Kiri," and 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 you know rightly so because Kiri's been so important to their success over over the last three or four years uh, and step up Sam Walker also uh, uh, Lamb went down so as come in 18 years of age and um, he's just killing it yep he is he is one of the form players in the NRL he's only played about three or four games um, but uh, he's come through uh you know, told, I think, at the Broncos, uh, you know, they wanted him to be a fullback or something. But anyway, that um, he found his way from the Broncos into a much, much better system of, uh, of player development at the Roosters. And, um, yeah, I, it don't matter who, who comes back for the Roosters. This guy's not going to be out first yeah. grade team. Um He's got a short kicking game that just is um, is right up there with the very best, and uh, they're scoring tries. Yep, and uh, he just sees what what's up, and uh, you know, against against ordinary sides, he's putting them to the sword. Uh, I don't know how many games he's he's played for the Roosters against a decent side, but you'll find out this week what a decent side looks like when they come mm. up against the Eels, but. He's caught my eye, um, Sam Walker, who, um, you know, be honest about it, if if Lamb and Kiri had not got injured, we probably wouldn't have seen him yet. Yeah. Maybe later in the year. But, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm not writing off the Roosters. Well, they got guys like this guy coming through. And no. obviously, we're not yet seeing Suwali, but he can't be far away with the injuries they've got. So, um, well done, Sam Walker. Well done, Roosters. And that's what caught my eye this week, boys. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and just just on Sam Walker, it's funny when when they had these initial injuries, one of the talking points was his age. And I don't think he's he doesn't come across when I watch him as a young player who he's well above his years. That's basically what I'm trying to say. I think it's something I even brought up on the podcast. I said that um. Uh, teams don't win competitions with 18-year-old halfbacks. I might have to eat my words because uh, 
I don't think his age has been a factor thus far. No, it no. hasn't. I mean, he looks like a little boy. Yeah, he looks like a little boy. But there was two other guys who looked like a little boy when they first mm. came into first grade. Their names were Alan Langer and Jeff Doobie. <laughs> yeah, two did they look like that? This guy, you did not like look like a a rugby league player, yeah. let alone a first grade rugby league player. They 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 just look like little boys, uh, and they went on to forge out amazing careers. So. Mm. Um, you know, this guy looks like he's he's on a pathway towards what what those guys achieved, and and who yeah. knows, maybe even more. Yeah, and there was Agreed. also a young bloke at Parramatta in the eighties that did all right. Ah, yes, well. indeed. <laughs> yes. I think I think going yes. back, I think Peter Sterling. I'd have to check this with Faye in the office, but I'm pretty sure that Peter Sterling uh, is the youngest halfback to win a premiership. Okay, so I think if came from memory, through in the seventies. Yeah, I think Still by the up. time he got to the um, by the time they got to the grand final, which would have been 80... 81. One? 81. I think he was in his early twenties. I think we're looking at like twenty one, twenty two. I may be wrong yeah. on that. No, but, I uh... think Graham, um, you're probably right. There was a. I remember back in those days, uh, in the Sunday papers, and nearly every game those days was a Sunday game. There was one Saturday, yeah. and the was Sunday, yeah. and they, they'd put the team list there, and they'd they'd have. Age their age, <laughs> and they're all the, 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 the almost the whole yes. Parramatta backline were 20, 21, except for Mick Cronin. So Probably you had the age and the, occupation. You had Kenny, you had Growth, uh, Sterling, uh, Steve Ella. All these guys yeah. were around about exactly the same age, 20, 21, when they won the uh, comp. Sterling right. came through uh, from Fairfield Patrician Brothers. Um, up from Wagga, and he played schoolboy football and then went on in the same year from memory. I think he was playing semi-final football uh, in one of those uh, late 70s. Um, so he, he was a child prodigy who came through. He had the long, long uh, blonde locks in those days, and I think he might have actually played as a fullback, uh, I recall, in, in one of one of his. Uh, well, I've seen an old game where he game. was fullback. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. I've seen an old one where he did play a semi. Yeah. As a fullback. Yep. Yep. So he yep. Uh, he went he transitioned from schoolboy uh, football in the same year I think like Brad Footler, uh, he was playing yep. first grade semifinals. Yep. And I love yeah. it. I love it. Uh, <laughs> you're talking about their occupation. Remember when they scored a try. <laughs> Would have their age, yeah. Would have their occupation, their junior club, yep. Um, yeah, and and sometimes a little quote that was always a nice true. Touch. Mm, Channel true. Ten, Graham yep. Hughes, Graham Hughes, it. Bill Anderson, yes, um, yeah. And Channel Two on a Saturday, Channel yeah. Two on a Saturday or Saturday afternoon, That's yes. Right. Warren Boland, he was there for a while, and yeah, uh, he was. David Morrow, David Morrow was to do it, yes. Um, but there was other guys before those guys. Um, mm-hmm. Reg Gaznia was the. I remember as a, as a kid, uh, I can't remember who the main commentator was, but Reg Gaznia was the uh, the expert. Uh, so they only had two guys. Yeah. Um, commentator and it was Reg Gaznia was the expert. Yep. So he would have still yep. been a young man at that stage, Reg Gaznia. He he was mm. he'd retired long before uh, I was on the you know on the radar of watching rugby league, but 
he probably would have only been in his late 30s or early 40s when he was commentating. Um, but so there's a you know an immortal of the game. Super yep. talent, and so is Sam Walker, and he's definitely one to keep an eye on. So, um, yeah, I, I reckon that, that's a good good one this week, Griffo. We'll definitely keep our eye on Sam Walker uh, going forward. I think he's a superstar of the future. All right, it is time for Graham's gaff. Um, this week's gaff, the the biggest gaff that stands out to me uh, is is the Gold Coast Titans. Um, there there were a few others, and I, I know boys, you have we've talked about this. Um, you know, a few a few players this week. I mean, Junior Paulo was. Uh, uh, sorry, Jackson, Jackson Paulo. Paulo. Sorry, not Junior Paulo. You don't want you don't want him cleaning up in the end goal. <laughs> Jackson no. Paulo was one that, you know, I, I thought when I was watching the game that he had the ball, you know, cleaned up and grounded in the end goal. He slid straight over the top. Uh, we saw that a couple of times. Well, I don't know. That might be a trend that's starting in the NRL to just slide over the ball and give your mates from the other team a try. But um, look, my biggest gaff this week has to be the Gold Coast Titans. After about 14 minutes, I think it was, when they got to 22 nil. Um, I was watching the game and I, I said out loud, I said, my wife was in the kitchen there. I said, they're going to win this by a hundred. I said, nothing will slow them down. They were scoring point after point after point. How they lost that game from that position is just baffling for a professional rugby league team. Uh, What... How does a professional rugby league team, I'll ask you, Shane, how does a team who is 22-0 up, yep. lose a game. Does that say something about the psychology of the game and where they are as a team? They're poo. Um, no, it's it's a tough. Like, I was going to say something about how they, close no, the competition they've, they've, is. They've, 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 they, can, they can only play one half of football. And the biggest problem is what opposition to figured out is it's you don't shut down... You don't shut down people like Fafita. You shut down the person that's going to pass it to Fafita. Mm. So you watch them jam up, and 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 they they fold like a cheap suit when 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 the chips are down. The Titans. I I thought that I thought that back end of last year they showed this resilience, and even at the start of this year they showed a resilience that really good football, top eight football teams need to have. That's not existent in that team at the moment. They're, they're a shambles in the second half. And even in the first half, it's on the back of they don't it's on the back of doing some little things really well, but then they just go to water. Like something like I think he had four touches. Like Fafita's the best player on the field in that team. In most weeks, he's going to be the best player on the field. He had four touches, like something in that. And water. you said the same about the week before. I think in the, the second week before half, he had two he had a couple in, in the two. second half. Like, that's not good enough. Either look for the ball or get the ball to him. The problem is opposition's now just jamming up and the ball can't get there. I I, I think they're predictable. The problem is at 22-0, you should be able to defensively hold that. I will say this. Their forward pack need to aim up in defence. In attack, they seem to be doing little things well. There was one... There was one run 
where they ran past Fafita's inside shoulder, Fafita wasn't there. Mm. He didn't chase. He didn't chase the player down. If that was a ball in the in yeah. goal, he would have been there like me all over a cupcake. He would have ran through and tried to put the ball down. As soon as someone slips his inside shoulder, he just watches them run. Like that's, there's a mindset there someone needs to tap into and say, hey, if you're going to be a leader in this club and you're going to start playing what you're worth, you chase that. You know, that's what, you, you know, people like Frizzell would chase that. Mm. You know, and I think that's, I think, I think someone just needs to tap him on the shoulder and go, rugby league's a bit more than tapping the ball and barging over, which you're very good at. But, you know. But fundamentally, I was going to say fundamentally, Griffo, for the Titans, is, is their defense their main concern? The reason I ask this is if I go back over their last three games, um, we know that this past week they lost. Okay, I'll tell you how many points they've conceded in their last three games. Last week, they conceded 36 against the Broncos. The week before, South scored 40 against them. And the week before that was the match where the Sea Eagles beat them 36 to nil. So 36, 40, 36. That's the um, that's the against column for the last three They're consistent. rounds. They're consistent. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. But um, is it is it one of those cases where we're starting to feel with the Titans? It doesn't matter how many they score that they're going to allow the other team to score more. Well, currently, yes. Um, in those last two games, their best player hasn't played. Um, in Big Tino, Fasua Malawi. That's a fair call. If he played against the Broncos, I don't think they would have lost that game. Um, he stiffens them right up. Uh, coming through that Melbourne Storm system, he is, you know, he's a he's a hard, even though he's only a really young guy, he's, we saw in State of Origin what, what he's capable of, and I just don't think they would have lost that game if he had been there. I might mm. be wrong, but, um, and again, likewise, against the Rabbitohs, He's the man in the middle who really, uh, even though he's only young, he, he's he's their leader. Um, Fafita, as, as Shane was alluding to, he's in and out of games. He'll win your games with, with, with what he can do with the ball in hand, but he's not consistent enough for 80 minutes. He's got put in yeah. and in defense. He's got to work harder. Um, because... That's what this team needs. Uh, it's well, and they look wonderful for 13 minutes. And, and everyone's thinking, you know, what's this going to blow out to? But to see them just fold like the way they did. Capitulate. And for the second <laughs> week in a row, for you know, after yeah. they, they led South by a mile as well. Um, and you know, I, I had him in the eight at this. You know, before a ball was kicked off, they can still make the eight. Anyone can, but they've got hard enough. Yeah, and and I agree, Griff. And it's it's just they're letting teams slip through. Like they had fifty three percent of possession. They had a ninety four percent completion rate. They they had four line breaks, twenty nine tackle breaks. They had more kick return meters. Their average play the ball speed was on par with the Broncos. 
they're 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 13 off like if you looked at the stats which i know teams aren't won by stats they're above the broncos yet the broncos got the chocolates they're they're losing pretty and you know when clubs start doing that it's a slippery slope to come Mm. back then they're not that this they should be winning ugly and they're losing pretty and that's the problem that's when you know teams go on this slide where no matter what they do they can't win yeah and and that's a that's tough to watch yeah And, and they need some they need they need a reset. They really do. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, I'm not ruling them out of the top eight contention yet, though. No. Uh, no. Although they're actually still in the eight, aren't they? <laughs> just, yeah. yeah. Just yeah. holding yeah. on. Yeah. Big yeah. Tino's back this week. They play yeah, the think, Tigers. I think, I think he makes a, bit, a huge difference yeah. to them. Yeah, it might yeah, be a, a bit of a change this week for them. Yep. Well, we might as well start talking about the games this week, guys, so that we can Sounds get Sounds like a plan. Sounds good. All right, so the first game we've got this week uh, is at Stadium Australia in Sydney. South Sydney Rabbitohs, third place, is hosting the fifth-placed Melbourne Storm. Uh, Plenty of talk. Where do I start with the South team in regards to injuries and shuffles? Um, They've got quite a few injuries and obviously still um, Latrell Mitchell missing through suspension. Uh, even if you have the team sheet that was announced yesterday, you can just about throw that out and start all over again because uh, it has been confirmed by Wayne Bennett today as well as the um, the team sheets that have been updated as we are now 24 hours until kickoff. We've just ticked over 24 hours till kickoff as we record this. I can tell you that Cody Walker is going to play fullback this week and Dean Hawkins is going to play in the halves with Benji Marshall. That means Alex Johnson's going to go back to the wing. We saw in the uh, teams named on Tuesday that Tane Milne was announced to play on the wing. He's actually been omitted from the squad. Um, in other sort of shuffle news, we know that Braden Burns, he's back into the side. Uh, Stephen Masters will play in the centres. He was named on the wing on Tuesday. Gagai was named in the centres. He'll play on the wing. There's a big shuffle. Uh, Jai Arrow's in at lock for the uh, injured Cam Murray. We know that hard shuffle has happened because uh, there is no Adam Reynolds. Campbell Graham's also missing. Jackson Paulo's missing. Uh, so a lot of players out for the Rabbitohs. Um, yeah, whenever you're going into a... Whenever you're going into a match and you're missing Reynolds, Murray, and Campbell Graham, along with Latrell Mitchell, um, you know that it's going to be um, a bit tough and a big shuffle. One thing that I do want to mention for the Rabbitohs in regards to their reserves, it's good to see Jed Cartwright also uh, coming back onto that reserves list. So he's not in the 17, but it just shows he's on his way back. So plenty happening there. May go into the interchange. Um, so yeah, the Rabbitohs, that back line is, uh, well, it's totally different to what you'd expect. I'd imagine that if South Sydney were uh, naming their best 17, I don't think you would have anyone in that back line sitting in the exact position that they're playing in this week. So it'd be big ask for the Rabbitohs, given all those injuries and changes. A bit of late news for the Melbourne Storm. Uh, Tom Eisenhuth was named to play this week. He's out of the team. Uh, he was in a bit of doubt with an injury. They've confirmed 24 hours before kickoff that he will not play. Um, 
Nelson Asofa Salomona as well as George Jennings have been named to return from their head knocks. We're also seeing um, now that the Storm are just basically announcing Harry Grant in number nine and Brandon Smith at 13, so I don't have to go through that whole situation where they're announced in different positions and then they end up playing in other spots. Um, and just an update for Storm fans or those in general who are wondering, uh, Ryan Pappenhausen probably expected back next week. Nico Hines is still in the number one jersey. So we have two serious contenders here. We have two teams from that very dominant top five that we've talked about. And we could almost just about say, Griffo, that um, one positive we're going to see out this week, despite the fact that we've got a lot of superstars missing, two big superstars that play in the same position are going to come up against each other. We have Damian Cook, who is um, you know, the current representative uh, hooker, and the likely Maroons hooker, Harry Grant, and someone who you said is possibly the best hooker in the game. This could be a bit of an origin preview come early, couldn't it? Uh, I think so. Um, for these two guys in their respective positions, um, it's uh, it's unfortunate that a lot of the gloss is off this game because both sides are down on some of their key players, but particularly South Sydney, much more affected than the, what the Storm are. I still like the look of the South Sydney forwards. The only guy, the only forward they're missing is Cam Murray. Now, now he's he's a superstar, but um, they've they've still got a very strong forward pack. Arrow comes in. Uh, he's played. I think I might be wrong, but I think he's played every game off the bench this year. Um, Last week he came into the starting side oh, late okay. due to injury. Okay. But yeah, right this on. is the first time he's been named okay. in, a, in a jersey between number so one and So it's still a really strong pack of forwards mm. up against the Melbourne Storm, whose forwards are, you know, arguably the, the best forward pack in, in the NRL. Um, so that battle is going to be a, a significant one. Melbourne have close to their best back line without, you know, obviously um, Papadels in there, who's who's been out for a few weeks and, and they've still scored plenty of points. Um, yeah, South, the question mark for them is is the fact that it's, it's not just that the players that are out, but a lot of these players would never have played together before. Um, so while they train and whatnot, um, and they, they would train together, um, I just think you know there, there could be a just a bit of a lack of uh, uh, of connection there in the back line. Um, most of that, well, a lot of that back line won't have played with Benji Marshall before. Um, the likes of Burns, Masters, um, but you know, in saying that, that. The back three will have um, Walker, Johnston, mm. and Gagai. They've been mainstays. It's just been Walker's been, you know, maybe as a five eight. But in saying that, he's played a couple of games at fullback since Mitchell's been out. Uh, still going to be a great game, I think. Um, 
for mine, Melbourne, I'll be tipping them because they're closer to their best side than what the Rabbitohs are. But I don't discount the Rabbitohs. Um, I just think when the yeah, I, I just think the backs of the the storm are the more settled. Um, Hines is a really good player. Doesn't have Pappenhausen's blind and speed, but uh, for mine, I've got to lean towards the Melbourne Storm based on the fact that they're closer to their best side than, than what the Rabbitohs are. Shane, off. Yeah, I agree, Griff. Um, looking at South Sydney side, it's a fairly balanced side for what they could do. Uh, good to see Braden Burns back. Uh, he, he, you know, a guy who, who at one stage I think paid seventeen hundred bucks to 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 look at maybe joining the police force. Like he he honestly thought he wasn't coming back to rugby league. His injuries just weren't going to allow it. Um, so to see him in at number four, it's really good. Uh, really good. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I think for South Sydney and South Sydney fans, this isn't about probably, of course you want to see a team win, but this is also more about seeing how certain players go. Stephen Masters is going to be interesting to see how he 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 goes and, and the role he plays. Uh, that, that left edge, does it still have the potency there? Dean Hawkins is going to be, it's, it's basically for him a, a bit of an audition. If he, if he comes out and plays well, then um, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see next week uh, what, what the, the game might look like um, because if he does play well, he's going to have to kick. That's where I think South Sydney just don't have it in this team. I don't think they've got a kicking game that, that, will, that will trouble the storm. And, and that's, where I, I, that's where I see the chink in the armour. Yes, they've got players that, that haven't played together into this configuration. I just think that they're going to give the Storm cheap meters and, and not, not the kicking game is probably not going to go all that well. Their forward pack, South Sydney, seems to look all right. I like what they've done off the bench. I just got to agree with Griffo. Um, there's, too many, there's too many structured sets mm. for the Storm that they have that South Sydney don't. And when you look at South Sydney... That is a backline that's basically it's it's being made from scratch. When you take some very very key personnel um, like the likes of Adam Reynolds, Latrell Mitchell's not there. Um, you're looking Campbell at players Graham. Campbell Graham, who's been on fire in the last few weeks, especially in defence. Uh, he does a lot of work are, that people don't yeah, see. These are players who, if not. That they would be they would be walking starts in most clubs and they're not there. And I think for South Sydney, three weeks ago when you looked at Pappenhausen's injury, you thought it went, well, maybe I, I think now that the ledger's definitely swung towards the Melbourne Storm. And that's who I think will win this week. Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd have to say that um geez, there's just too many injuries for South. This would be a huge ask for them to win this. And there's a lot of unknowns in this house team too. Um, Griffo and both yourself, Shano, pointed to the fact that apart from Cam Murray, South Sydney do have that forward pack. I mean, it's a great forward pack. It's a great Cam bench Murray, rotation. Cam Murray, I, didn't but, mention, I forgot to mention him. But he does a lot of work. Um, yeah. I'll yeah. be looking for Jai Arrow to do a lot of work. Um, you know, I know we're, we're talking about you guys have, talked about who's missing for South. Um, I'm just going to keep saying it every week. 
And I know that people are jumping on board and I'm starting to hear his name a bit around the water cooler a bit more. That's Keon Kalamatangi. Kalamatangi. What needs to happen this week is... is Yeah. So what what I think we're going to... What South will want this week is a bit of... They have every chance to win this forward battle. Um, But I think a team like the Storm might be able to nullify any plays that come from that. We know that we're basically going to see any set plays, any attacking pieces from South be the connection between uh, Benji Marshall with Cody Walker floating around the back and firing out to Alex Johnson uh, on that left edge. It's, 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 they're just missing too many players. The Storm should win this one. All right, so moving on to the games on Friday. Uh, we have another top uh, five team in action on uh, Friday at 6pm. Uh, that's the Penrith Panthers. They're out in position number one, still undefeated. Uh, in regards to their team news for their game against the Sharks, um, Kurt Capewell, he's been named. Uh, they're, they're going to keep an eye on him in regards to uh, his fitness. There's a bit of an injury cloud over him in regards to his ribs. Um, look, looking at their side, you'd imagine that Liam Martin would be able to, uh, come into the side. So just shows how good this team is given that, uh, you know, they've, they've got someone like Martin that can come into the, the first, the, the, uh, the first 13, should there be an issue? Um, the Sharks, uh, Jesse Ramian, uh, he's returning after being ruled out with a glute injury against Melbourne. Um, the other injury news to report is Hemlin Newelle, who has that, uh, high ankle injury. So they're looking at about eight weeks in regards to, uh, him. For those who are interested, um, Andrew Fafita, he's still got another round to go on, uh, a, a, a suspension. I think he got a three week suspension for a crusher tackle. A lot of people may not remember that because it did happen in reserve grade. So those who are wondering where he is, whether he's an option to come back in, given the fact that they're not in form, he's actually suspended at the moment. When we look at their extended bench, uh, there are a couple of players that you will recognize in the number 18 jersey. They've got Matt Moylan. Uh, He's uh, got that quad concern. Um, There's also, you'll notice there, uh, Josh Dugan. So look, the Sharks... We talked a little bit about their their struggles. We've talked about them over the past few weeks. The Panthers are absolutely flying high. Um, this is another one where a lot of fans, I'd imagine, Shane, are just expecting the Penrith Panthers to show up at Blue Bet Stadium in Penrith on Friday night and just get the job done. Oh, 100%. I'll be one of those football fans um, thinking the same thing. I, I can't see anything in the Sharks that would remotely worry the Penrith Panthers. I thought Penrith last week really uh, showed their steel. The cream rose to the top, really. They, they just held Manly out. No matter what Manly did, um, Penrith just did it better. And that's what they're doing to clubs at the moment. No matter what they do, they just do it to better. Uh, Brian To'o, he, he's a revelation uh, running the ball. Um, absolutely powerhouse. Uh, Matt Burton, again, going from strength to strength albeit his pocket's a bit lighter from that fine. Still can't believe he got that. 
Um, Dylan Edwards is is playing some fantastic football. Charlie Staines. Look, I can mention the whole team. I'm not going to because because um, it's just going to bore listeners. But every Penrith player at this point in time is just playing some fantastic football, and they're playing out of their skin. It's methodical. It's clinical. It's led by Nathan Cleary. He's he's got one of the best um, best offsiders in Jerome Luai. It's just a well-oiled machine that just keeps mm. going on and going from strength to strength. Their bench, Liam Martin, you know, absolutely fantastic. Would would start most other clubs, and they're coming up against the side in the in the in the Sharks, which which yeah, which it's chalk and cheese when talking about these clubs. They're, they can be a bit of a shambles. They hate it when teams start pinning them down their own end. That's going to happen. They're going to drop ball in their own 40. They always do it. They're going to gift Penrith. Um, they're going to gift Penrith possession. The only silver lining I've got for them is that if their forward pack can hold the ball and can play tough, they might find a little bit of traction there. In saying that, the Penrith Panthers are a juggernaut and they're playing a team in the Sharks, which just aren't. Penrith are my dead certs for this week. They're going to be my margin. I can't see anything but a Penrith win. And someone who regularly goes to the games and cheers a Blue Bet Bet Stadium, Griffo, I I assume you're agreeing with me 100%. Yeah, it's hard, hard not to. I mean, you've got a team that's unbeaten. You've got a team who's really struggling. Um, yeah, I, I haven't uh, yet looked at all the games, but this seems to be a bit of a standout as far as um, as the Joker goes for this week. Um, hard to see the Sharks winning this game. Um, they got some good players. I expect they'll throw a bit at Penrith. Um, you know, I like the look of Kennedy out the back. Um, but the Panthers have got by far the best defence in the league. Manly scored a record-breaking 16 points last week, uh, more than any team has scored this year against Penrith. Um, I was really impressed last week with the defence of Stephen Crichton. Um, I've been a bit critical of him this year with his form. Um, I'm hoping... We start to see the best of him in attack. He hammered someone last week. Yeah, I can't remember who he hit. He hit someone. He hit yeah, he a few times. Sma- like, it was hard. It was a good hit. And he's back where he wants to play too. Yeah, well. He centers his position. Absolutely. It's, it is his position. Um, I think he fancied himself as a bit of a fullback, but I think we've seen that centers his spot. Last year when he came in, um, you know, he, he his attack was was scintillating but there were a couple of question marks on his defense and Wong and Blake towed him up in a, in a game at, uh, at Parramatta where Penrith led for most of the game and Parra got home um, Blake went past Crichton a few times but but you know he's he's improved that area of his game I thought he was outstanding defense against Manly with his, with his um, just taking the legs out yeah uh, 
Happy uh, Coruscant was back last week. Griffo, yeah, speaking of yeah. defence, what did you think of his uh, return to the side? Uh, I like the way he, I like it, the way he goes low. Um, don't yeah. matter how big they are, if you take their legs out, they fall down. And um, that was the thing that I've not seen a lot of Manly in recent weeks, but they're, they're a team of giants, Manly. These um, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. That's why I thought their forward pack. All they had to do was muscle up, and they might have they might have just found a chink. But they couldn't do it. Well, they tried. I, I, you know, yeah. I, 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 I didn't think they went too bad, Manly. But I don't think what they off. came up against was a team that tackled, and yeah, they yeah. hadn't come up against that for a few weeks. Um, I, I, I thought I, Penrith controlled Tommy Turbo very well. Turbo got an intercept try. Yeah, I don't think at they any other really, stage he made a break. Um, they didn't really construct anything, Manly. No, but he was well marked, and um, the Sharks don't have a Tommy Turbo in there. While I mentioned Kennedy's a good player, he's certainly no Tommy Turbo. I just think, uh, I think, I think we'll see a clinical Penrith again, as we've seen for the last couple of weeks, where they were never really in danger of losing. Didn't have, you know, weren't big on the scoreboard, but came up with a couple of tries at the end. I think I would like to see him score a few more points this week, but I don't care if they don't, as long as they win the game, number one, but just just keep that control. And that's been that's been the what they've done so well. They've just controlled the game. Newcastle the week before hardly saw too much ball in Penrith's twenty. Uh, Manly saw a fair bit of it last week uh, as the game went on. And Penrith were tested. I think there were four sets of six in a row before Manly dropped the ball. Um, but they held him out. Uh, I'm looking to see Viliani kick out. Um, show a little bit more form. He's been off his game for a few weeks. Yep. Um, so there's an area where Penrith can improve. Um, he's, he's dropped a bit of ball. He just hasn't been on his game at all. Um but, you know, it's, it's Penrith uh, 100% on this one, Graham. Yeah. You'd have to think that Penrith will win this one and get the job done. Not only due to the fact that Penrith's form has been really good and they're, they're still undefeated. And Do you know, Griffo, off the top of your head, what the um, what their current record is? Uh, uh, is it are they 23 from 24? Is it something along those lines? 20, something like that. 23... 23 round wins. Yeah, well, 23, yeah. It's something like something, they haven't yeah, had anyway. a loss. They haven't the had only a main, grand final. They haven't had a main they haven't had a loss in the main part of the season since Parramatta beat them last year sometime. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, look, you know what I mean. You know the point I'm getting at. If if that rec, if that record's gonna be broken, I can't see the sharks doing it. It's it's not quite as good as, as the one that Brisbane had. Yeah, okay. Brisbane hadn't had a win since round two last year. I, um, you know, well, that that's all great, and, and it's great. You know, you, you get another win, you get another win, and and, and it builds up. You give it all for a premiership. Oh, absolutely, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Right. That's, right. that's right. That's yeah. right. Um, those those records don't win you I, win your titles. I'm not going to say there's only one game that matters, 
because you've got to get there. You've got first. to get that preliminary game, the mm. preliminary final. You've got to win that game or you're out. You, you could win all year. You lose that game. Bye bye. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, uh, as far as, you know, club games go, they, they haven't really looked like losing a game. The only game they looked no, like possibly phenomenal. losing was that Melbourne game uh, earlier in mm. the year. But, it was a belter of a game, wasn't it? It was a great game. Um, Penrith haven't come up against too many of the top sides as yet. They, they beat Melbourne. They beat Canberra while we still considered Canberra, uh, you know, one of the top sides, but they've fallen by the wayside. The Sharks are not a top side. Um, but you can only beat who's in front of you. Uh, yeah. And... There's no other team that's sort of beaten everyone else. Yeah. Uh, even pa- Para have impressed me greatly this year, but they went down to the Dragons. Hmm. Storm have gone down twice, once against the Panthers, once against Para. Roosters have dropped a couple of games. South dropped a game at the start of the year against the Storm. I yes. think so, I think that the game for Penrith, depending on who plays for either of these clubs, will be the one in a fortnight. Round 11 against South at Dubbo. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, that's, that's the game that's, I think that everyone's penciled that's in. That's the litmus the... test for both of them because I yeah. think but, at the moment Penrith is well and truly ahead. We but know yeah. that we know yeah. we know that South Sydney won't be at full strength for that. Some yeah. of these players will still, really... they'll, they'll have Latrell back for Luttrell that game. Will be back. Help, but... Hopefully Reynolds, depending Reynolds on how his thumb back. settles down. But uh, yeah, look, look, back on this game... Um, as I, as I said, the, the Panthers, I can't see that record going by the wayside this week. The Sharks proved to us last week they can't they can't match it against top quality. Uh, I think this game here, uh, yeah, Pen- I think Penrith are going to basically annihilate them. So definitely Penrith for the win. Yeah, I want to see it. Yeah. So, yeah, but it's one of those ones, as you said, Griff, you definitely need to see them go on and win these ones if they're serious about it. You don't want them to take the foot off the pedal at all. Well, one of the games of the round, if uh, if we're looking at the uh, the top of the table and these top five clashes, uh, we're, we're very lucky to have another top five clash this week when the Parramatta Eels take on the Sydney Roosters on Friday night at Bankwest Stadium. Uh, we know there are... Um, some some uh, some things to talk about in regards to the Roosters team. I'll hit the home team first. We know that Brad Arthur's got the same 17 uh, named. Um, so we'll keep an eye. There's a couple of players there. I know they've talked about, you know, Nathan, Nathan Brown uh, possibly having a hip injury. Um, yeah, like, you know. So we'll see how we go there. But they've named 1 to 17. At this stage, that's what we're going to see. Uh, we've got a, well, we've got quite a few changes in this Roosters side. Um, James Tedesco, he's named at number one. Now I know last week when we did our podcast, he was named at number one and he missed the game, uh, due to the head knock. He was a scratching before the game. Um, they're, they're looking at him actually playing this week, um, which would mean Joey Manu can go back into the centers at the place of, um, Brett Morris, who we talked about at the top of the show, having that ACL injury. 
Uh, Lindsay Collins was another one. I know that obviously with all the talk of Morris, uh, it didn't necessarily come to the forefront as much, but um, Lindsay Collins also has a season-ending ACL injury. Um, so we've got Takiyaho coming into the side. Ben Marshke has been called up from the interchange bench. He's going to go um, into hooker for uh, Sam Verrills. Now, what I'm hearing about the Verrills injury is that he's got a semi-detached retina, so a pretty um, painful eye injury there. That's what I'm hearing. That's insane, isn't it? So, yeah, just, you know, sometimes it can just be as easy as a a poke to the eye and the retina has become detached. So. Semi-detached retina. So that's one of those ones where hopefully that's all. Um, that all, all right. That, okay. that, yeah, because that that's something ongoing. That sounds something that could be lifelong. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, your eyes are so important. Yep. So it's definitely. more important than the game. Yep. So Adam Kieran's going to come in. He's wearing the number fourteen jersey. Um, Nat Butcher, he's at also in the side. He's wearing the number 12 this week. Uh, the other player out for the Roosters is um, Tupanua. He got a one-game suspension for a shoulder charge. Um, so, yeah, plenty to talk about. The other thing that's quite interesting, too, we talked about uh, Sam Walker early on. Uh, Lachlan Lamb, number 20 this week. And for those who are also wondering, Joseph Suwali on the reserves, number 21, too. So he's just on the edge of this squad as well. Very interesting game here, Griffo. Usually we talk about the Roosters as a premiership heavyweight. This year's been an odd year for them. We've got more injuries than uh, we normally see. The Parramatta Eels, also in great form. Will will the injuries and the changes to the Roosters' side have enough of an impact for um, for Parramatta to, to, to get a win in this one, do you think? At this stage, I, I probably lean towards para mm. when um, you know when I have to sit down and actually press a button on my, my tipping comps as to who I'm going to tip. And I'd like to see the Roosters win, um, but Para's really settled. Um, they haven't had too many. They've had the odd injury here and there, but. Essentially, they've been able to put a very similar team out on the park each week. A team that's been going really well. A little bit under the radar. Um, they're, they're, they're playing, I think they're playing better and they look to be more balanced than they were last year. Um, it's a strong, strong set of forwards there. Um, you got you go forward guys in Polo and Campbell Gillard. Marnie has taken his game to another level. He's not just a tackling machine anymore. He's doing some good stuff in attack. Isaiah uh, Papali'i has been a revelation for him and is keeping Sean Lane out of the team. He's been the buyer of the year. Matteson's back. We know he's a good player. Nathan Brown has got a lot in his game. So I think probably you'd have to say the para forwards are a little stronger than the Roosters six at this stage with, with the guys they've got out. Collins is a big loss. You know, I think uh, in the future we might see, uh, you know, in a, in a trivia competition, who was the guy who also did his ACL on the night that uh, Brett Morris' career ended. 
uh, and the answer will be Lindsay Collins, but he's sort of been the forgotten man. Same injury, um, but you know we we expect to see him back next year, and we wish him all the best. He's a quality player. He's a, he's a, did a great job for Queensland in the Origin, so he's a big loss. Um, the other guy that Graham mentioned out is is Tupanua. Now, he is a very, very good player. So they're well down on forward strength, the Roosters. Um, and uh, their back line, still a good back line. Um, I thought we might have seen uh, Joseph Suwali maybe introduced in this game. Uh, but uh, they're sticking with Ikevalu, who's, who's a good quality first grader. Um I don't rule the Roosters out, but I probably lean towards Para simply because they're they're pretty close to their best side, um, and they they've been going so well. If the Roosters can get over the top of Parramatta this week, um, it's really yeah that it's going to be a, an outstanding achievement for the club, and shows a, a great strength of character. We know they've got that. Um, uh, I'd like to see the Roosters win, but I guess I'm going to tip Parra just because I think they're a more settled side. And, and they are, again, they're playing at Bank West as well. We're, we know Parra are definitely a better proposition than, uh, than when they play away. Shano? Yeah, I agree with you on everything there, Griff. I, I've got Parra. Um, looking at the Roosters side, there's just too many. They're poor, but they've got too many injuries. They're, look, Trent Robinson's an outstanding coach. And if, if he somehow pulls something out of the bag this week, well, you know, he, it'll just add to his, um, to, to, to his, uh, to his already brilliant career. It, it, I, I look at para, I think para settled that they've had a few hiccups, which, which para have that's, that's fine. I just look at everything. Uh, when I look at these two games, two teams, sorry. And I look at this game and I look at, look at everything that's put before me. I, I have to reiterate everything that Griffo said and um, go with Parramatta, Graham. Yeah. Um, this, is a, this is a tough one in a sense that if you're not sort of keeping up with what's going on in regards to team news and you haven't watched Parramatta closely, I think a lot of casual fans might just assume, oh, the Roosters are playing, they'll win. Um, I, I, I too like the Eels. I'm tipping the Eels this week. I... Um, Look, obviously the Roosters had those players out, but I don't want to purely put my tip based on, you know, the Roosters uh, being down on troops, so to speak. I've actually liked the way that Parramatta's been playing. Uh, they had that win last week against the Bulldogs. I even remember the week before they were able to put a lot of points on the Broncos. The game I'm going back to is, you know, the Raiders one. They, they got that one done. Many people might argue and say, hey, Graham, you haven't exactly named the cream of the crop there, but they're still winning. They're in second place. Um, you know, you, you've got to go back to a hiccup against the Dragons to, to find a loss. I think that they're, um, I th- I think they're a real contender this year. I think that um, Whilst we've talked about that top five being above everyone else, I think within that top five, anyone can, you know, when everyone's at full strength, anyone can beat anyone on their given day. And I think this week that uh, Parramatta are a fair shake of beating the Roosters. So I'm going to go 
with the eels. All right, on um, on to Saturday. First game, Super Saturday. This game uh, between the Raiders and Knights, for those who are curious, don't be confused. It is at McDonald's Park. It's in Wagga Wagga. So a lot of people might be thinking, oh, McDonald Jones Stadium. No, no, no. This is a home game for the Raiders. It is at Wagga Wagga. Uh, Go Narches. Yeah, so a town so great it was named twice. So the Raiders taking on the Knights. Uh, in this game, we talked about earlier that um, Hodgson had stepped down from that uh, captain's role. So um, be interesting to see there uh, if um, George Williams, um, sorry, if uh, he's not the captain, we're looking at them basically... Uh, Jared Croker being the uh, the the captain, he's out this week. So Jack White, Jack White, is the player you're going to look at as as the captain. So I mean, obviously, it's just a C next to your name. Uh, he'll still be looking at being a leader on the park. One player who's definitely had plenty of rest and hopefully is looking fresh is Josh Papali. We talked about him last week. Um, he was given the week to uh, mentally refresh. Uh, so he's back in the side. Uh, interesting to see Ryan James dropping out completely. George Williams was a late scra- uh, scratching. I was uh, just about to mention him. He got injured in the warm-up last week. Um, so, yeah, he's been named. They'll keep an eye on that one, obviously. Um, there was also concerns about Sebastian Chris and another um, syndesmosis injury, but uh, he's been named. So we'd imagine that he's good to go and will take on the Knights this week. Um, For the Knights, the big news for them is in regards to their halves. The curse on that number seven jersey just continues, does it? Uh, Blake Green, he's suffered a rib injury against the Roosters, so he'll be out. Uh, So Phoenix Crossland, he's going to come into the side. Uh, Heimel Hunt, you'll notice, is on the wing this week. Uh, Stafford Toa, he's down to the reserves. The other interesting news to note, Tex Hoy is in number 21 on the reserves. Lachlan Fitzgibbon, number 18 on the reserves. Uh, The player that's still not quite back yet for them, Edric Lee, they're probably thinking another week or so for him. The Canberra Raiders last week. Shana, we had... um, They were up against South Sydney. They couldn't hold on to get the job done. This... They're still very much under strength. Um, Charles Nickel-Clockstar, he's still out. Caleb Aiken's playing in that number one jersey. They haven't, though, despite the injuries, hit the heights that we'd hoped so far, have they, the Canberra no, side? No, they haven't. They're, 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 um, they're a bit flat at the moment. Um, they have played like that. Uh, Papalihi back this week uh, will be a definite injection for them, provided he plays well. This one's harder to pick than a broken nose, really. When you look at the teams, um, yeah, you look at you look at Canberra versus the Knights. You look at a team that really has had success versus one that 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 really has struggled in previous years. Um, this year, the only real stat that I can find that they differ in significantly is errors, where where and it's only by three that that Canberra on average have uh, just under three more errors a game than, than the, than the um, Knights. 
Uh, the Knights run for more meters. In saying that, their forward pack just don't excite me. The the Knights. I I, I just I, I've just seen it week after week where their forward pack just haven't been able to get the job done. They haven't been able to 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 get it across the line for them. And they've got the back line that the Knights that could they could generate something. They got they got Ponga. They've got this really electric back line that they, they given you know, given its chance they could actually produce something. And you know, like when I look at it, I I just think that yeah, I I just think that the Knights forward pack just don't provide the service that that they need. Um, Bradman Best is in this week. Uh, he should you know he should present them with something. Again, he needs to be able to get the forward pack to give him space within the field. Um, they've got they've got a fairly inexperienced halves combination this week, which which I think if I was a Knights fan, it would worry me. Their forward pack look on paper looks looks fine, but but they just don't do it. They're just not getting the the, the run meters. And when I look at Canberra last week, I thought given the fact that a lot of turmoil was thrown at them late uh, in their preparation right before kickoff effectively and what they're able to produce and looking at their forward pack this week, which I think is, looks a bit better. I've, I've got, I've got Canberra winning not by much, but I think if both bring their A game, Canberra's A game is just a little bit better. Griffo. Uh, I agree, Shane. Um, Both teams are missing some key players. Uh, both teams are really down on form, to be honest. I'm going to lean towards Canberra. I just think they're a better side. Uh, Newcastle really don't impress me as a, as a rugby league team, but what I've seen this year. Uh, I think they won their first two games and then a game I went over the Sharks the, the week after John Morris was sacked. And then in the other games, I haven't been real good at all. Uh, I, I, I'm going to lean towards Canberra, as I said. For, me, for mine, the biggest worry that I have in tipping Canberra is that the, the, seems to be, uh, the, the team seems to be imploding with all this talk about Hodgson uh, wanting to leave. Yep. George Williams is homesick, wants to go home. Um, the, the craziness around Joseph Tarpany. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know. yeah. But they are shambles, aren't they? Yeah. They're a team that's well, yeah, yeah. You can understand why why the board, why, why they want to talk to Ricky. Yeah. This sort of stuff this. wasn't... If they don't win this week... I reckon the big part of it's going to be, please explain. You're 100% right. Chris. All this yeah, stuff wasn't happening. It used to be a place where players wanted to play when they were, yeah. over the past few years, they were happy, they were winning. Not so. You get none of this out of, uh, out of the Panthers, out of the, out of the Rabbitohs, out of the Roosters, the Storm, Parramatta. There's none of this nonsense um, going on where people want to leave and wives are telling the coach you know via social media what should be happening oh this is crazy stuff like 
this is a team that everyone at the start of the year thought was going to be one of the heavyweights. So they're, they're definitely not playing well. I really think they're missing Charles Nickel Kluke start. He's he's a good player, and then they really missed him since he's been out. Uh, Aikens, I think thought I thought was, did a good job against the Rabbitohs actually, but he's not got the skill of of Nickel Kluke start. Um, I'm going to tip the Raiders mainly because I just don't like the Newcastle Knights as a rugby league team. I think they underperform, you know, listening to their coach. He's obviously massively frustrated. Um, they're a team that, you know, uh, I'll, I'll tip them against the Bulldogs, but probably not too many others at the moment. So it's Canberra sort of by default for me. Yeah. 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 But I'm tipping Canberra in this one and, as you guys basically said, it's not so much of what we've seen out of Canberra recently. It's more so the fact that they're coming up against the Knights and we'd expect Canberra to uh, to win this one. They've, they've lost a lot of games, though, this week, that, this year, I should say, that we'd expect them to win. I can't even use the argument that they have to win this week, otherwise, you know, the slide will start. I was saying that two or three weeks ago. Uh, they're one of those teams that won three from eight. So you know they're in a they're in a position where almost they're pushing to that position where almost all their games are must win, and um, yeah, it's a it's a lot of pressure to be under. But um, I I think they're a better chance of doing it this week than uh, than Newcastle. So I'll go the Raiders. Okay, so moving on to the five thirty game on Saturday. Uh, as Shane said earlier, the Tigers are playing at Campbelltown this week. They're going to host the Gold Coast Titans. In regards to the team news, there is a little bit of news happening uh, in Tigerland. Uh, Tommy Talao, he's out suspended, so Moses and Bai has been named in the number four jersey in the centres. Uh, Jacob Little's going to come onto the interchange bench to cover for the fact that Mbai is now in that starting side. Last week, we saw James Roberts was a late inclusion. Um, young Zach Sini made his uh, debut on the wing. He had an absolute belter of a game. Uh, he looked like he was really enjoying himself in first grade, and it was great to see another young man come into the side and have a, a great debut. Uh, for the Titans, Ash Taylor, he's been ruled out. Uh, Tanner Boyd is going to come into the starting side. Uh, we would have to agree that probably the biggest in for any club this week, uh, I'd argue, is Big Tino. His return from that shoulder charge uh, suspension is going to be massive for the Titans. Uh, as, as we alluded to earlier, they're a totally different team without him, uh, even though he's only been there a very short time. Uh, another disappointing piece of news, a player who I thought's been doing well, Corey Thompson, he's out for about eight weeks. Uh, another syndesmosis uh, injury. So um, Firma comes into the side. Um, Philip Sammy's going to the wing. Uh, they've also signed the Titans' Eason Masters. So if you haven't been keeping up with the news, you might have missed that one. They've popped I didn't him. Know that he's popped. Yeah, they've they've signed him. That was only in the last day or so. Um, oh, from the Cowboys. Named, yeah, so he's named at number twenty-one this week. So. Be interesting to see if he finds his way into the side at some stage, especially considering they've got a couple of injuries happening there. Um, 
So, yeah, you, you talked a fair bit about the Titans earlier, Griffo, when we talked about, um, you know, the gaff and uh, your thoughts on Big Tino. We know that's a big inclusion. Uh, what are your thoughts on the fact that they're coming up against the Tigers this week? They're definitely a team that you just don't know what you're going to get, and often it's, um, you know, it's more negative than positive. However, they are coming off a win last week. Do they, do they, do they push the Titans? It's a, it's a fifty-fifty here, I think, Graham. Yeah. Um, I, I will tip the Titans simply because Big Tino's back, and I think he'll bring a strength of character that, that the team doesn't have without him. Um, aside from his physical presence, which is immense. Uh, the Tigers did well last week. I watched that game um, and, and I thought they, apart from the early part of the game where the Dragons looked good, I thought the Tigers just controlled that game and and for a long time, the Dragons were in it on the scoreboard, but they were just being do- dominated by the Tigers. And eventually the Tigers got some points. And they were they were by far the better side last week. The amount of enthusiasm that they were showing was significant. But can they back it up? Can they back it up? Like, I was really impressed with uh, Adam Dewey last week. Dane Laurie's been a consistent uh, success for them at fullback. He's been a revelation. Um, the Panthers uh, let him go a year early. Um, and, and he's made every post a winner as... Uh, as he's, as he's taken that number one role. And you think he's there as the Tigers' number one for many years now. Zach Sini uh, had a great debut, another Panthers junior. Um, I'd not seen him play before. He was uh, in the mix to be in that um, swap deal uh, for Dane Laurie. I think the Panthers were keen on Sini getting him back. He was... Panthers junior played uh, junior reps with the Panthers, but followed um, followed Cleary over and then snookered. Yeah, so he he had a great debut uh, last week. I think the Tigers will. I don't discount them at all. They could well win this game, but with both these sides, you just don't know how they're going to turn out. You know, are they going to be their best? Because <sighs> the Tigers, at their worst, we've we've seen their worst this year, and they they just are dreadful. Um, likewise, the Gold Coast, at their best, they score from anywhere on the field. They look beautiful as as to watch, but they can just you know leak points very easily. So it's, it's, I think it's going to be a really interesting game. Um, it's at Campbelltown. Shane O mentioned earlier they're putting on another tribute to Tommy. Um, 
the last one didn't go so well. I thought the club did it beautifully, the club itself. Um, but the players didn't name up. And then they've come out and said, well, you know, we're going to give you a chance to make amends for the dreadful performance in Albums. Um, I, I can't. I can't say categorically the Titans win, but I'm leaning towards them with Big Tino there. Fafita, if he gets involved, Tigers won't stop him. Better defences than the Tigers have not been able to stop David Fafita. Um, but that's the question mark, isn't it? The $1.2 million question mark. What's he going to do? Yeah. You know, is he going to get himself involved or is he just going to be out on the field? Yeah. Um, if he gets himself involved, Titans should win. Um, the Tigers don't have that sort of player who can, you know, well, no one does really. There's no other guy like David Fafita in the competition. But, you know, the only problem with him is he's just switch on, switch off. Um, big Tino, he's not leading to victory. An interesting thing as I look through, uh, Sean Bloor reappears for the first time um, in the reserves bench. He's an out, outstanding prospect, another Penrith guy who I'm sorry to see uh, in colours other than the Panthers. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say uh, he, he can add something to this Tigers team. If not this week, then certainly next week. But uh, I'm, going, I'm sticking with the Gold Coast, Shane. Yeah, Griffo, look, I can't really add much more. I think you're pretty comprehensive there. And and I'm picking the Titans for exactly the same reasons you are. I think with um with the injection Tino, you've got you've got uh Fafita has been hammered in the press uh north of the border this week. I think they're gonna be out for a big game. They're coming down. Like you said, it's 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 for Tommy this week again. Um the club did a fantastic job. In the first time I get Leichhardt, what they did for Tommy was outstanding. The players did not stand up. If you can't stand up in that game, I don't know when you can. They've got another opportunity to stand up. I just don't think they're going to do it. I, I don't think they've got the tro troops on the field at the moment. I'm loving what Dwayne is doing in um yeah in 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 five eight. What some of the some of the work he's doing there has been really good, but I just don't think. I don't like what you've said. I just don't think they've got the troops to match the big names of, of the Titans. I've got the Titans. Yeah, I think the Titans win this one. Um, big, big factor, as we said, is Tino coming in. Um, look, this time last week, the Tigers were an absolute shambles. I didn't see them winning against the Dragons. Um, and I don't see them winning this week. I think the Titans will... Um, they're... They've just got to make sure they play for 80 minutes, you know. The the problem with the Titans, as we said, if you're within 20 points of the Titans at halftime, you're a chance. So, yeah, Tigers will believe they're a chance at halftime, even if they're 20-odd points behind. But I think the Titans will, uh, will hold on and get the win in this one. Okay, moving on to our next game. 7.35 p.m. on Saturday, uh, the Cowboys will host the Broncos in an all-Queensland battle up in Townsville. 
Uh, for the Cowboys, Clifford's coming back into the number seven jersey. Uh, Hampton's out with a pec injury. The only other change we see from last week's loss to the Warriors, um, Javid Bowen's coming into the centres in place of Justin O'Neill. Um, Dunn's coming in on the uh, reserves list. He was um, suspended. So, you know, not a change to 17, but obviously a return from suspension. Uh, those who are wondering, uh, the hammer, he's still out with his leg injury. Uh, the Broncos, well, no changes for the 17. They're coming off a win. Um, we know that they've got Milford and Gamble in the halves. Uh, look, they'll be looking at trying to consolidate and build on that combination just for those wondering, there has been a lot of talk about Katoni Staggs and his um, re-signing with the club on a big contract. Uh, Magic Round is where they're looking for him to possibly come back. So um, definitely one to keep an eye on there. Um, yeah, look, two teams that we haven't seen a lot of great form out of. A lot of points scored by the Broncos, especially uh, in the second half of that game last week. Griffo... Do you see them getting back-to-back wins? Not something we thought we'd talk about with the with the Broncos this year. What are your thoughts? I've got to say yes. Um, first thing I want to say is uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, Brisbane Broncos, playing on a Saturday night instead Mixing of a Thursday up. or Friday. Whoever's made this decision, oh, thank you very much. Um you think back five or six years, this was a headline act of the NRL. The Broncos up against the Cowboys. They was a great played final. for a few years. <laughs> yeah, but they had so many games that where it was decided by a point or two. Both teams were, were outstanding. And uh, we saw that amazing grand final that went got down to Golden Point. Um, won by the... Uh, you know, poor old Ben Hunt dropped the ball and then Thurston kicks a field goal. Um, both these teams have, have fallen off a cliff, basically, since that time. Um, uh, Cowboys, terrible start to the year. Then they strung three wins together. Uh, they were down by a long way last week against the Warriors. And I thought... They did really well in the second half. I thought they were going to get pumped, but uh, they took it to the wire. Uh, as I look at this team, they don't instill confidence in me. Um, Javid Bowen, he's been out of the NRL for a few years. I just think he's a defensive liability playing in the centers, coming in for uh, O'Neill, who I've got to say I'm not a big fan of either, but um, I just don't think the Cowboys have got enough to, for me to be confident in tipping them. Um, the Broncos showed last week what I've believed for some time is that you know they've got a strong, they do have a strong lineup. I was going to, I'm steering away from saying a strong team because they haven't played as a strong team. And we've talked about this 
over and over. They've got a lot of good players. If you, you know, the uh, I think you mentioned last week, Graham. They were playing for the the paper cup or something like that. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah. the teams uh, on best teams yeah. on paper. Yeah, look, they got a lot of good players in this side. I was impressed by Gamble last week, who really um, he was in everything, uh, including uh, right into his opposition. Uh, he was he was mouthy. He but he he showed some enthusiasm, which Broncos halves we've not seen from them. Um, I don't know if he's you know technically or any other way you know the best number seven going around, but he showed something that the Broncos were lacking, and that was a will to win, enthusiasm, and he was in everything. So good on him. Um, this Broncos pack, man for man, it's a strong set of forwards. And then you can bring on the likes of Flegler, Bullimore, Reese Kennedy. All good individual players. And um, if they hunt as a pack, I think they're a better, better forward uh, rotation there than what the, the Cowboys have got. Albeit that the young Cowboys forwards aimed up for quite a number of weeks and they did well against the the Warriors last week but I just think the Broncos uh, for mine get over the line here um, the Cowboys I think have got the two two players two creative play to, players in homes and, and drink water if the Cowboys win it comes through those two guys uh, but I, I'm going to tip the Broncos. Shane. Um, this one provides me with a lot of frustration. So I, I really, last week I picked the, I picked the Cow, Cowboys because I honestly thought they had turned some sort of a corner. I thought that, you know, they were going to, against a, a, a New Zealand side, which I thought, you know, which I thought could have matched it. And, and in the first half, they were blown out of the water. I know they came back. And and, and I think that was a mixture of, yes, the, the Cowboys did play well and that um, the Warriors took their foot off the gas. I really think the way in which the, the, the Broncos played their last 40 minutes last week really, really is going to springboard them into this game. I'm, I'm picking the Broncos and I'm picking the Broncos for a lot of what um, Griffo said. I, I think that, I think that last week they, they played some really solid football. They consolidated a lot of things. You know, I know that they don't have Contoni Stags. The only thing I can think of, which is slightly going to upset them this week is the fact that Oates and Lodge really are in limbo a bit on where they're going to be. Um, interestingly, Lodge, um, uh, 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 apparently have a connection with uh, the Panthers again, which would be interesting. Um, don't know how he'd fit in there, but but um, yeah, I just think that when I look at when I look at both these sides, yes, I agree. Drinkwater and Clifford, a lot of the points and a lot of the movements going to come from them. It's going to take um, it's going to take some work from people like Cohen Hess, Jordan McLean. Jason Tamalomo to to get them forward and to get them happening. There is just something about the there's just something about the Cowboys at the moment 
when you think they're going to win, they lose. At the start of this week, I thought, oh, the Cowboys could probably beat the Broncos. And I'm like, no. Nah. Whenever I think that, they're going to lose. And and when I look at the the the, the Broncos side, the ledger, I really do like what they did last week. I thought they... I thought they were very, very controlled in that second half. And if they take that into the game against the Cowboys, they will beat the Cowboys great. Yeah. This is this is an interesting one because when when I sat down and looked at the games, I thought that um, you guys, you know, I didn't know where you were going to go with your tips and I thought I might might have been the only one who liked the Broncos this week. But uh, it's for a lot of the, the same reasons that you guys have. Um, I was actually... Look, last week with the Cowboys, there were times during that game where they played against the uh, the Warriors, where I was just I was really disappointed in how they were playing. I just thought sometimes the effort wasn't there, and yeah, you know, but you know you can say the same against about Brisbane. They leaked, you know, what did I say, twenty two points in about fifteen minutes. They they didn't look like winning that game early on either. I think that uh, for Brisbane, the key has to be some consistency from the halves. That's the one thing that I worry about tipping Brisbane this week. I just don't know how consistently week in, week out uh, Milford's going to play. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt this week. Uh, the other plus for the Broncos, I thought that um, their outside backs did a lot of work. And, you know, I know it's not just about the stats. And I know when you you, you make some breaks and score tries, the, the numbers start to stack up. But they had... Um, just about all of their outside backs running for over 100 metres. So they're doing some work. I think if their forwards lay the platform, um, I, I, I think that they uh, they have the ability to win this one. So I'm going to go with the Brisbane Broncos as well this week, guys. All right, moving on to our next game on Sunday at 2pm. We have the Manly Seagulls taking on the New Zealand Warriors. So yet again, we've got one of those games here where two teams are just on the edge of the eight. The Warriors sitting uh, in seventh spot. Manly are in tenth. So definitely some big implications here for that bottom half of the top eight. Uh, the bad news for the Seagulls, um, Ali Oi and uh, Marty Tapau are both out. So they're, they're saying for um, Josh Alioi that he, he could be looking at three months with his wrist injury. So the early, um, yeah, the early indication, 12 weeks. Uh, Marty Tapau, he's out with a head knock from the Penrith game last week. Um, Moses Suley, I noticed his name on the uh, interchange bench this week. He's going to be wearing the number 15. He's coming back into the side from a back injury. Uh, George Tafua, I also noticed that he's on the reserves list, down wearing number 21. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, if he does get called up, that would be his first game of the year, from my understanding. Uh, for the Warriors, Ben Murdoch Wasilla hasn't been named. He had a head knock last week. Uh, Katoa's Thanks returned. to Tom Malolo. Yeah, Katoa's returning in the second row. Um, uh, Harris Tavita, he's also been named on the reserve list. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how far away he is. Uh, we know that he's been out due to a foot injury. A couple of teams here, Shano, that have been 
sort of, you know, doing the hokey pokey. They're in, they're out, they're up and down. Um, the Warriors, last week they did, uh, look, they got the win last week. The Cowboys came back sort of, you know, the, the Cowboys were there with a chance to win that one. We know that Manly had that game against Penrith and were, were there or thereabouts. What do you make of this one? Is this going to be a, a bit of an opportunity for either team to show that they're real contenders for the top eight? Well, if you win, if you win, you're definitely showing that. Um, in saying that, I thought I thought that the Cowboys were horrendous in in moments of that first half. Um, the the Warriors should have been on top. In saying that, I thought there were times where Manly were right in the game against Penrith. Um, not the Penrith look worried, but but definitely uh, on the points on the points board and on the scoreboard. Sorry, and, and in the game, it looked like Manly could build something. They were up against a far classier outfit. I look at the two teams and how they match up. Um, I, I look this week and, and think that Manly do match up a bit better. If there's something I want Manly to do, I want Manly to sit down and look at at what they do when they start spreading the ball wide. And they've got a guy in their team, Jason Saab, who is a speed machine. He's outstandingly quick. If he, every time they shift the ball, the center always has half a gap. And I think it's, I don't don't know whether it's because they're hanging off the half or or what. If, if they, every now and then, I was screaming at the TV for it to happen last week and never did. If they could shift Saab back in one to get him early ball, get him in a bit of a gap, he's, he's off. Last week, that try, they didn't touch him. Finally, they got him in the clear and Penrith couldn't get near him. And, and this is why I think they've got this little trick shot now where they talk about Tommy Turbo. They've got a guy who's just electric speed-wise. If they can just get him early ball, bring him in the centres, not all the time, just a little trick shot where he comes in the centre, sweeps back in, early ball, and gets in half a gap, it, it, it could be really dangerous. I, I look at Manly, and I think with, with their one, one, six, seven, nine, the spine is very good. It's settled. That's taking nothing away from Roger Tulvasashek, who's a phenomenal player. I thought... Cody Nicarima last week um, uh, stood up. However, in saying that, I think I think the second half where they did fail, um, there were just some slight issues regarding their defence and regarding their forwards in the. I think that um, I think that there's some. I think the game last week did Manly more good than what the game would have done the Warriors. Um, you know, Schuster done a couple of things which he wish he had back again, and all of a sudden did a couple of good things. Um, I thought Jake Travojevic was really off in that first half, and and he sort of grew back into the game. I, I think, you know, when I looked at that first half, I thought, well, name the state of origin forward. It was really difficult because he he really was lost out there. I don't know whether it was he felt he had to do all the tackling or whether he feels like he's got to have his hands on the ball every every second hit up. I don't know what it was. He was just off in that first half, and, and, and he came back in the second a little bit. Um, I like I like Manly's interchange. I think their interchange 
is is a little bit better than than what the Warriors have to offer. Um, in saying that, um, Lesson Armel and Bunty Afoa are in that, which and you know they're players that have really um, shown what they can do. Um, a guy for the Warriors, um, two guys for the Warriors, Tohu Harris and um, Katoa in their forward pack. I think, I think can really lay some platform. Um, Harris tightening the middle, but I, I just look at the side one to seventeen. You know, again, it might be the paper cup. I don't know, but um, I like Manly. I thought Manly will learn. I think Manly's going to learn a lot from last week. And when I look at the two performances in isolation from losing sides, I really do think Manly's the one that, that Manly of the losers last week. Manly was in some ways the winner. They played Penrith. They took it to Penrith. They just didn't have the class. And and I think they're going to be better for what they did on the weekend and they're going to show it against the Warriors, Griff. Yeah. Uh, I really... Uh, I find this a hard game to pick. Um, it's a two o'clock kickoff uh, on Sunday, unfortunately. I, I really wish this was the later game because I... Uh, uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to see it. Uh, Mother's Day on uh, yes. Sunday, uh, taking my mum to my sister's place up on the central coast, and they don't have uh, they don't have Fox or KO, so um, I won't actually see this game. But I really would like to watch it because I think it's going to be a really good game. Two teams that are evenly matched. Look at the number ones. Tom Turbo Trebojevic up against Roger Tuivasa-Shek. They are both elite NRL players. couple of good names there. Oh, that, that clash, not that they'll come up directly against each other too much, but both of those guys are by far the best player in their respective teams light years ahead of anyone else. Um, I think the guy who comes out on top, probably his team wins. Um, a guy who's impressed me in his couple of, you know, we talked about Sam Walker earlier. This guy, Reese Walsh, he's an excitement machine for the, uh, for the Warriors. Um, he and uh, Sam Walker, I was reading, they're, they're very close. They came up through the uh, Broncos system together and, uh, you know, we'll probably see him representing down the track, not too far away, I dare say, uh, the Maroons, uh, maybe in six and seven, in you know, in, in not too far down the track, as I said. He's a talent, Reese Walsh. Um Gee, this is a tough one. Uh, on form, even though the Manly lost last week, uh, I was impressed by him. They were up against a team that's undefeated. And Penrith, while they controlled the game and, and to be honest, didn't really look like losing, Manly threw a lot at him, including a couple of guys who I'd never seen play before. Absolute giants. Um, Ola Kawa too, uh, and also Toa Foa Sipley. 
huge men. You got Taniella Paseka, who's a giant as well. Um, I was concerned about Manley's forward depth when they were losing guys like Fenua Blake. Uh, at the moment, these guys are all a little bit inexperienced, but I think there's good signs for for the Sea Eagles maybe for you know next year and, and beyond. Once these guys have had a lot more first grade under their belt, um, they are absolute giants. Now I know the game has sort of moved away from the giants uh, with the new rule, but they were certainly um, making Penrith work hard. Penrith, with a relatively small pack, um, were able to control them in the, in the sense that, you know, uh, they won the game. And, and these guys, when they go low, they were dropping them, but they were punching um, that, that defensive line of the Panthers. The Warriors' defense is not anywhere as strong as the Panthers. For man to win... Uh, these guys will have to get the job done up front. I just, I just think the lack of experience there is is what concerns me a little. I'm actually, uh, I, I will tip the Warriors, but it's for me, it's a fifty-fifty. Yep. Um, the best player on the field, I think, is Tommy Turbo. If he can uh, dominate, uh, he'll he'll get his team the victory. But I'm just I'm I'm gonna stick with the Warriors. I don't know what the uh, who the favourites are for this game. Maybe Graham knows a bit more about that. Manly, I think. Yeah, Manly yeah. if you're uh, having a having a bet. Okay. Dollar forty seven to two seventy. Two seventy. Mm-hmm. I, I don't bet, but I, I just think this is a straight down the line fifty fifty game. Yeah. But I'm gonna tip the Warriors. Graham. I'm tipping Manly. Um I uh, look, I think the big Big highlight here is is watching, you know, two absolute superstar fullbacks get the chance to play against each other with Roger Tuovasa-Shek and uh, Tom Trebojevic. But um, I I know the Seagulls have been in good form and I know they had a really tough start to the season. I just feel as though since Trebojevic has come back in, they've gained a bit of momentum. Um, I'm not really, you know, too concerned from Manly's point of view in regards to the loss last week to Penrith, uh, everyone loses to Penrith. So uh, the fact that they were competitive in that game, I think is a really good sign. I think that we're going to start to see the Seagulls now get a bit of a sniff of the top eight. They'll know a win here. We'll put them, you know, right up there with the Warriors. Oh, they're a big chance. Big chance. Yeah, they're a massive chance for... The eight, and I think you know, teams always say they don't look ahead to who they're playing in coming weeks and all that sort of thing. Um, now they play Brisbane next week. They'll want a couple of wins under their their belt over the next couple of weeks. That'll they'll put them in pretty good stead uh, through that middle part of the season. So I I'm I'm sticking with the Seagulls in this one. I, I think I've seen enough in them over the past month to suggest that. Uh, they can get the job done, but yeah, you you can't write off the Warriors. The Warriors, if they show up and play to their potential, then um, then yeah, then they're they're definitely a big chance of winning. But I'll I'll stick with Manly in this one. 
All right, now we are moving on to our final game of the round. The Dragons will be taking on the Bulldogs at 4.05 on Sunday. Uh, this game is coming off the back of um, well, a Dragons loss. But, um, you know, in saying that, uh, a few of these changes that they are making are forced, unfortunately, for the Dragons. Um, we mentioned earlier, Zach Lomax has a thumb injury. He's had a, a dislocated the thumb from what I'm hearing. Uh, Tyrell Fuamayano has been named in the centres. Um, Cody Ramsey, he has been named on the wing. We know he had a rib injury uh, last week, so that's one to keep your eye on. Uh, Matthew Figai has been named in the reserves, so if Ramsey is no good, we, we know he might come in. For those wondering, um, Ravaloa and Pereira are still both suspended, um, and Farmasuli returns to the interchange bench this week for the Dragons. For the Bulldogs, Dallin Watini Zelezniak is back at fullback with Nick Meany moving to the wing, so that's pretty much just a straight swap for them. Uh, Dylan Napa had a shoulder injury last week in um, their game, but he's been named at prop from what I can see, so uh, the Bulldogs are hoping that that's not much of an issue for him. Uh, if there is an issue, we know that, yeah, Atoni and um, Siamana Fungi are also there as possible backups. Uh, and Lachlan Lewis, he did play New South Wales Cup last week, so he'd be every chance of playing. He has been named at number 19 on the reserves list this week. Uh, Dragons, they've had a really good start to the uh, the season, Shano. But it seems to be yep. now we're starting to see that slide happen. We've talked about a bit over the podcast over the past few weeks on the podcast. But uh, they'll they'll have a lot of confidence going against the Bulldogs, who, uh, despite uh, you know having one win under their belt, uh, they haven't had much luck in regards to the win column this season. No, no, and I think I think the Dragons, there's too much class in that side that they should win. I think the Dragons just looking for that. For some of that, um, for some of that form they had a few weeks ago. In saying that, I thought Dragons were pretty ordinary last week. Um, look, if the worst of the Dragons comes out and the worst of the Dogs, this will be the Portaloo game of the week. Um, it, it, the Dragons do, do have to come out firing and and prove their worth. They've won four in a row and and. And they're off the boil. Um, they've really got to prove their worth against against the Bulldogs. The in saying that the Bulldogs are a team that that would want to that would want to try and grab a side when they're down and 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 beat them. But when I look across the sides, I, I really think that you know. I think the problem with the with the with the dragons was they had this winning team and this winning formula. And all of a sudden people come back from injury and it upset the apple cart. And it's almost like they have to relearn how to play again. Uh, I liked, I liked what the coach did. I like what Griffin did last week. It didn't, it didn't work. It, it, I, I thought, I thought it looked a bit better. Um, they, they really didn't show up against the tigers uh, that taking nothing away from the tigers who at times were very good. Um, I, I think looking at the side though, looking at no, Matt Dufty, Norman Hunt, and McCulloch, that that's a good spine. It's a spine that beats um, 
that beats the the dogs. And and when I look at the structures and the teams around them, I really do think that they've I, I think they've got a side that can really um that can really do things. Uh, Josh Maguire is named. I thought he might be called the unlucky charm because since he's been there, nothing much has happened. <laughs> so, um, so you know, he might get his first win in uh, for the Red V this week. I look at the dogs, though. If the dogs can get any um, value or get any – if I was you – know, someone said, how could the dogs win? Kyle Flanagan has to – has to find the kicking game he had when he wore the Roosters jersey. That's the biggest annoyance I have with that young man at the moment when I watch him play. Last year when he was in a Roosters jersey, no matter where he put boot to ball, it landed perfectly. This year he's kicking it down the throat of the opposition. He's he's, he's, he's putting the ball in really strange areas in the middle of the field. I haven't seen him kick to a corner in ages. Um, repeat sets, well, they've got to get up there to get a repeat set first. Um, I think if he can get his kicking game right and make the and make the Dragons have to come out of their end, they've got some forwards that can really do the job, the, 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 um, the Bulldogs. They've just got to do it. I can't see the Dogs winning. I can't see anywhere on that team where the Dogs could, could out-muscle the, the dragons but if if they can get the kicking game right if they can kick to the corners if they can make the dragons work it out if they can put the high ball up put pressure on the dragons the dragons have folded like a cheap suit in the last two weeks they're the little things that if chipping away at it will get dividends the problem is when you've got people like Flanagan who who, who had this great kicking game wearing the tricolors um, he has to revisit that kind of thing. I've got the Dragons winning this one and a gut feeling that they might win it fairly easily, Griff. Yeah. Well, I can't tip the Bulldogs in any game. So. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Dragons by default, isn't <laughs> no. it? Yeah. End of yeah. story, really. Yeah. Shane mentioned a word about the Dragons that I can't I really agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do agree with him they're going to win. But you mentioned that the Dragons would have too much class for the Bulldogs, I think you mentioned that. And that's and not a, something I associate with this team. I, to I be think, fair, the, they don't the need Tumba, much class. Tumba no. Devil's A grade <laughs> has more class than the Bulldogs yeah. at the moment. So, um, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the ledge is low. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's it's about year one level then. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, oh, I think what we've seen from the Dragons in the last few weeks is what we were expecting from them this yeah. year. Yeah. I think in those, I mean, to their credit, and, and, and I, I can't take a thing away from them, they won four games in a row. Um. I think they win this week because the Bulldogs are the Bulldogs. There's there's not too much that impresses me about this team, the Dragons. Um, last week, what did impress me about them was they were under a lot of pressure from the West Tigers. And for a long time, they sort of held them out, held them out. 
and they had nothing left basically when they got the ball down the other end because I, I wanted to win because I tipped them. Yeah. And um, but they just had nothing. Uh, and I know they were, they, you know, they lost Lomax. This week they've got Tyrell Fuimayono in the centres, and I see nothing um, from an attacking point of view there. Uh, I know they're down on on backs because they've got two wingers who were suspended. Um, Ramsey went off last week. I'm surprised to see him named. He, he was injured, but you know it's good for them that, that he's there. I just think there's a lack of attacking ability in this side but I do think they'll have enough to beat the Bulldogs because I just think the Bulldogs are the worst team in this competition Um, they may not win the spoon this year but the team that they're above, there'll be only one I can't, can't see them being anything higher than 15th I do expect them from where we are sitting at the moment after eight rounds. I do think the Bulldogs get the spoon. Um, I don't know if they play the Sharks twice. They've beaten them once. Maybe that's their only way of of not getting the spoon is is to beat uh, the Sharks. I don't see too many wins in the Bulldogs. And while I don't rate the Dragons, um, the Dragons currently are in the eight. Uh, but uh, I'll, I'll give them a win this week, Dragons. Not because I, I feel that they're a good side, just it's the uh, the Bulldogs they're playing who I, I just think are a, an awful football team. Mm. Yeah, I think the, the week that the Bulldogs are really going to be looking forward to in, in regards to a possibility of getting a couple of points will be round 13. Uh, if you look ahead to your draw, you'll notice that the Bulldogs have the bye in round 13. Um, <laughs> that's the next time I can foresee them getting two points just because, yeah, from what we've seen, you, you just you just can't with confidence tip them. Um, it's a little bit of a... I would come out and said there's no points for No, no points for buys this week. That'll bugger him. Look, they do play the Sharks again later on in the, uh, the season in round 19, Griffo, so that'll be one for them to look forward to. Look, it's yeah. I, I'm not. I can't give you a reason why the Dragons will win, other than the fact that they're playing the Bulldogs. Do I dare say, Shane, that this this match might have a portaloo outside of the stadium this week? Yeah, no. Nah, this has the, all the hallmarks of the portaloo game of the week. I, yeah. I can just like, you know, it was just talking about Fumano in the um, Griffo. Sorry, was talking about Fumano in the centres. Yeah, uh, that like you know. There's enough drop ball there when he's one off the ruck, you know, yeah. let alone <laughs> balls yeah. being flown at him uh, at a great rate of knots. So, yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's football's, by the way. Yeah, I was going to say. That's, that's football's flown at him, by the way. We're still talking about the same thing. Yeah, anyway. I, I, um, I don't know. Well, I don't know how. Well, St. George. I'll tell you what. The, 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 the Bulldogs would be happy to grab him any way they can. St. George. <laughs> I've got the dragons in this one, so uh, yeah, I think yeah, the 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 main opinion here from everyone, I think, is going to be the fact that you can't tip the the dogs, so most people will be uh, 
clicking the dragons on their tipping apps this week. All right, guys. So that's the uh, the week previewed. That's round nine. Um, interesting. Next week we've got Magic Round in week ten. I know we're getting a bit of ahead of ourselves uh, with Magic Round uh, still a week away, but something to look forward to for those of you who aren't aware of uh, Magic especially Round. Especially if you're in the, Brisbane, yeah, especially outside if you're in Brisbane. of Brisbane. We yeah. do it on TV. And something to keep in mind too with next with round 10, that magic round, that uh, there's no Thursday night game. Uh, on, so next boo. week, yeah, boo. So they'll, um, yeah, but yeah, we still get the same amount of games, uh, but we've still got round nine to go before not we get to the magic night, round. I don't. Hey? Not, not on, on Thursday, Thursday night. night. <laughs> no, that's right. They're just like a lot of the contracts, the, uh, the games are back-ended. Yeah, so look, we'll... What game do you think you're looking forward to the most this week? What game do you think catches your eye the most? What's what? What are we looking forward to this week, guys? Uh para, para and roosters. Yeah, I think that I think yes. I want to see what para are doing. Yeah, I think if para with the team that the pet they're playing, the team that para are putting on the field, if para want to be this top four team, yeah, we know we know the top five. We know who the top five in the NRL is going to be. The question is going to be who finishes fifth. Mm. Injury wise, you're looking at the Roosters maybe getting that. I, I, I want efficacy to rule what's going on. Um, whilst Para have played some good games this year, they've also played some some poor moments. So for me, it's watching what Para can do. Yeah. Interesting too though tonight. I was just looking at the ladder earlier and then as we went through the games, um, like you know, it's a big if, but look if if the Dragons don't win and the Storm and Roosters get up this week, I mean, it's not totally, you know, crazy to to think that may happen. Um, or the Warriors would have to lose too. But there could very well be a six-point gap between fifth and sixth at the end of this round. I don't think that'll be the case, but it, it is a possibility. That just really shows that divide between the top five and the rest of the competition. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, look. I think I don't know. I don't think the Roosters are going to win. I I don't think they've got the troops, but I do think the Storm's going to win, mm. and I think Penrith's going to win. It will mean eighteen. It'll mean Penrith on eighteen, three teams on fourteen, Roosters twelve, and maybe the Dragons ten with eight and six. So that's yeah. Could even could even beat the. It's it's uh, and, and and you know what yeah. we we could be and I said this a couple of weeks ago and you know. The, the dragons stuff me up. Um, dragons win this week. They're on ten points. That's correct, isn't it? I think. Yeah, they're on um, eight yes, they're currently. On so that's they're correct. On 10. Mate, it's still like roosters are on twelve. Yeah, two points. Like they could be two points away from the roosters, and you look at the way they've been playing. You just shake your head. Yep. Yeah, no, and that's the thing. They're right in the thick of it. They've got plenty to play for this week. And, yeah, um, yeah, most definitely. But I, yeah. I think Para, whatever Para can do this week, I, yep. I think South's depth will be tested. It'll be interesting to see how they muscle up. But but for me, it's what Para can do. Yeah, and how much value Tino has to the Titans. Yeah, mm. because they're also a side. Manly's going to be good. It's going to be good hit out to what what yep. what what happens in that game. Oh, it should be a big week of Rugby League, and we uh, really enjoyed your company on this big episode of Carpool Rugby League. Uh, thanks again for joining us, and good luck to your team, and uh, we hope you have a good week. 
See you later, everyone. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.